You know, how about, how about Brian Singer? He actually has talent. It's called Brian, Brian Singing. And he's just has the <laughs> voice of a god. <laughs> the voice of a... Okay, so he has to feed on children to uh, keep his voice youthful. Uh, he, he feeds off the positive energy of children, and they give him the inspiration to be able to sing. So. Oh. And interaction. Wow. <laughs> it all it all comes together. Yeah, it gives him an a, a rectifying spirit. Oh boy. <laughs> well, uh, we're really giving George the full cage fight experience <laughs> right off the bat here. Uh, we should just call this the the Brian Singer p- fight podcast because all we do is talk about we talk about Brian Singer more than Nick Cage. Sometimes. We're just going to talk about Brian Singer until we can get him in here and beat the shit out of him. Yeah. If, well, Nick, if, yeah. Nick Cage, if Nick Cage was in a band, he'd be Nick Cage the Elephant. I think uh, our, our uh, three uh, most wow, covered wow. topics in order are nine uh, eleven, Brian Singer, <laughs> and then Nicholas. Cage. By the way, you know, we talk about things that are connected with nine eleven. We will be talking about Fred Durst Friday later on. <laughs> <laughs> And we oh, will be talking lo- about lots Oliver of discussion Stone. of nine eleven. Yeah, lots of discussion of nine eleven in Snowden. So yeah, 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 a little bit, definitely a little bit. Hey, of should that. I start recording? Yes. yes I- <laughs> oh. Hello and welcome to episode twenty-one of the Cage Fight Podcast. Wow, this episode, uh, the series is old enough to drink now. Yeah, so crack open a cold one <laughs> with the with the Cage Fight crew. Um, uh, not hot dog wa- flavored water yet. That's not yet. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. Save the hot dog flavored water for later, um, and get really fucking yeah. twisted right now. Uh, <laughs> twisted, just like the uh, Psychopathic Records act, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a Z. Which will be our next bracket. I, I <laughs> the twisted bracket. <laughs> the twisted uh, versus Tech Nine bracket. So I guess we can just go through and introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Jess. Uh, hi, I'm Mike. Hello, this is Taylor coming at you from the Cage by Studio. And we got a special guest today. Very special. From the from the uh, the depths of Philadelphia. The scariest place on earth, which is what has inspired him to create the scariest podcast on earth. It's George Heffler. Oh, yeah. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hi, hi George. That was I've never introed somebody before. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to um, shit on your town. No, that's okay. Hey, David Lynch himself also thought it was a, a pretty fucking scary place. So uh, you know, okay. we take we take it as a compliment. Uh, Will Smith also said it was a very scary place. So yeah, that basketball yeah, court. Right. He he, went, he got scared. Yeah. Nothing good went down at that basketball court. Yeah, he took his ass yeah. straight to Bel Air. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, hack it. M. Night Shyamalan, very scary dude. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, George, uh, you host a podcast called The Best Little Horror House in Philly, uh, which is a real good podcast, fun podcast. I've been on it before, um, and now you guys have to do it. So, um, <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. I think you stole the movie I would talk about. But <laughs> I did do. I did. I got. I got in early. I talked about Alien. Um, yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike definitely got lucky there because uh, that one would have flown off the shelf. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, you just mentioned that. Uh, I don't want to spoil future episodes no, for you, hey, but you did say fine. that talk uh, about it. you're covering Jaws soon, which I feel like I'm surprised it hasn't been covered yet. Yeah, there's a few that at this point I'm still pretty shocked they haven't been covered. I mean, a lot of the tentpole ones, like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday, none of the Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween hasn't been picked. Um, and I mean, up until now, Jaws, um, and Hellraiser as well. I, uh, none of the Child's Play stuff. I mean, 
this this podcast has got legs baby (laughs) you know and and that's the thing too especially with john saxon passing recently you should definitely cover the nightmare on elm street series at some point well so the drawback is that um the the concept of the show is uh it's the best or the best horror movie ever made according to our guest at least which means that um i have no control over what movie we talk about any given week because Mm. it's all up to the guest to bring their favorite um as long as it hasn't been picked already and so I for the duration of the show, I agree with them that it's the best horror movie ever made. But uh, the actual pick is completely out of my hands. So weirdly, coincidentally, though, the episode that got released today um, was the um, Nightmare on Elm Street 7 Wes Craven's new nightmare episode. So uh, really coincidental timing with the unfortunate passing of John Saxon. But um, you know, he, he's he's great in that one as he is in pretty much everything he's in. R.I.P. to Johnny S. Yeah. Johnny Sack. Yeah. He's also fantastic <laughs> in the movie Black Christmas where he basically played the same character. Yeah, well, hey, and uh, Enter the Dragon, I think, is the Bruce Lee one yep. that he's in. Yep, he's in yeah, Enter the Dragon, man. too. Have you covered your actual favorite horror movie on the podcast yet? So, Or is that classified <laughs> information? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not classified, but the problem is that it does sort of shift um in depending on the day and the context uh i did force my friend kirsten to talk about the witch with me which is definitely one of my favorites um i would say probably my actual favorite is friday the 13th part two which is it's like such a weird pick that i don't think is going to get picked for a while so at some point i might just force someone to come on and talk about it with me but yeah, and, and definitely not to denigrate your personal taste, but if any of the original four where he's not a zombie, right. part two is probably the one I would not choose. I'll be frankly honest. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> the the thing is, uh, so I love the Friday the 13th franchise. Oh, I think it's the most most consistent by a long shot. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and the fact that there's only really one entry in the franchise that is an absolute stinker for my money, at least it says something about the quality of the franchise itself. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that anyone could pick pretty much any of the Friday the 13th movies. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I, uh, I think that there's something to enjoy in all of them, even the shitty ones like Jason X and uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Like, where else are you going to see him punch a guy's head straight off his damn body? <laughs> and I, I, I will say, though, so what is the one stinker? I'm curious on your end. Oh, it's it's goes to hell for sure. Oh, really? <laughs> so I was going to say part yeah. five. Part five is by far my least favorite. I thought that was like the, no, by far the worst one. I, it's definitely not uh, great. I would say it's towards the bottom for me, but I think there's enough interesting stuff going on that. Uh, it's at least tolerable for me. It's I think probably not one I revisit as often as some of the other ones, but it's not one that I would like skip. Like I would, I actively skip nine when I'm married. Honestly, with goes to hell. That that one's my favorite because it's also got in a homoerotic shaving scene. <laughs> it sure so does. why it why really would you does. not want to watch a movie that has a homoerotic shaving scene? More movies. You know, have, the problem but... is it's the same same issue that people had with um, Halloween three and that for a lot of the movie, Jason's not in it. And uh, it's just a real drag that it's just kind of his spirit jumping around from body to body. And, you know, we're there to see Jason uh, well, doing his thing. And that's the thing for at least for me, Halloween three is my favorite Halloween movie. So for me, that does I do not, like it. Yeah. That, 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 that's like not going to great anything for me. Oh, no, I love. I mean, we, we reviewed season of the witch earlier in the show and yeah. we all agreed oh, that yeah. we would rather be watching Halloween three. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> I mean, Halloween three is good, so it's not necessarily a burn on season of the witch. But I, I don't know. I love Halloween three. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I love it too. Um, I honestly wish that uh, it didn't have such a backlash when uh, it came out because I think that pretty much every uh, Halloween movie after that, except for like maybe H2O, is pretty much garbage. Oh, so, would objectively yeah. agree with that. H2O was tolerable, but Halloween 3 was the last great Halloween movie in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So if they had stopped including Michael Myers in it, I mean, I, looking at it now from outside of in the moment and not being like surprised by the fact that there was no Michael Myers in it, I think that that was the right direction for them, and uh, they kind of got locked into uh, a shitty thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, things got weird when he uh, got all like supernatural and uh, yeah, Mustafa Akkad throwing <laughs> things off. <laughs> well, that's, that, that was the same problem with the uh, Friday Thirteenth series after Jason got killed off because they had to bring him back somehow, and they turned him into a supernatural fucking zombie. <laughs> but, yeah, right. He <laughs> pulls it off better though. <laughs> oh, I agree. I will agree with that for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely agree with you, George. Because the I don't know the Friday the Thirteenth san- uh, franchise is uh, one of those rare ones where even the shitty ones are extremely fun to watch whereas Mm -hmm. like watching halloween four through six is borderline torture so (laughs) yeah yeah. it really is plus even the remake is like pretty decent i would say it's probably it's of the platinum dunes remakes probably the best one I, I need to rewatch um, that one. It's I, I would say Texas Chainsaw Massacre is probably my favorite Platinum Dune remake. I mean, I know that's a that's that's a dubious distinction being the best Platinum Dune remake, but that one's actually my favorite. <laughs> I, uh, that one's probably number two for me. Um, that's but I just yeah, I, I just think that they managed to kind of combine some of the good parts of uh, the first three movies into a pretty decent cold open in the first one and, or in the remake for, uh, Friday the 13th. And that was just kind of enough to get some goodwill from me. So, and uh, you know, that's the, that's the thing about the Halloween four through six you were mentioning earlier. Uh, those movies did have one of the first appearances of Daniel Harris, who later ended up being really mm-hmm. hot. But at the time, <laughs> Brian Singer considered her hot when the movies came out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where it all really began for you. It's kind of a, uh, we're all bringing it back to kind of an origin story here, uh, right? For the man we plan to destroy. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope is, God Brian Singer never sh- comes on the show because we're gonna have a lot of explaining to do. Oh, I hope he does come on the show because oh man, I got some stuff to say. <laughs> well, if he does come on, he's definitely gonna come on to our baby pictures later on. So <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. that's that's the that's, exchange that you've made. <laughs> well, it's uh, this is a, a really good segue because it brought it all uh, back around to the main subject of this podcast, Brian Singer. <laughs> Brian Singer. <laughs> and so uh, just to, to bridge the gap a little bit, um, we have the host of a, a horror movie podcast on here. Uh, so obviously we're talking about two horror movies, right? Yeah. And the answer yeah. is yes. For real, though. Because... Yeah. Uh, you know, on this podcast, we, uh, we live by the mantra, war is hell. And um, honestly, the horrors of fucking, like, monstrous governments, I think that's yeah. <laughs> is absolutely yeah. apropos. Government surveillance. Um, yeah, that's a classic paranoia movie. Yeah, I was friggin' shaking in my boots watching these. Yeah, but if, uh, you didn't notice from the title, we're talking today about Lord of War and Snowden. Two fairly long movies that I think we actually have quite a bit to say about this time. Uh, yeah. So, um... <laughs> I think we'll kick it off with Lord of War here. Uh, that movie was uh, rated R and came out in 2005, uh, directed by Andrew Nichol, uh, N-I-C-C-O-L, which uh, directed other such illustrious uh, films. Gattaca, as- uh, he well wrote and directed Gattaca and was a writer for uh, The Truman Show and uh, Terminal. And, oh, and you forgot his, his best movie, um, the adaptation of the Stephanie Meyer al- uh, book. 
um, the host. Is that a Stephanie Meyer? I yes, it is. Not 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 the Bong Joon Ho movie. The not the, not the, yeah. the one was uh, um, Sarissa Ronan. I think her name is uh, Irish oh, wait, actress. Sarissa Ronan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the bad the really bad one she was in. That was an adaptation of a Stephanie Meyer novel. You uh, forgot about the best movie he directed. How could you forget? I, that? I'm sorry. I it's better than the friggin' Bong Joon Ho one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Bong Joon Ho. More like <laughs> Bong Joon fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the Bong way, I've, I've never Ho. watched a Bong Joon Ho in this movie, and I'm, on my podcast, Dick Pearls, we've never talked about a Bong Joon Ho movie, and we've never talked about how he's my favorite director. Never, we've never <laughs> talked about. Uh, well, uh, on this podcast, uh, we are anti-Oscar-winning uh, pictures, except for one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's only one so, Oscar winner that matters. Wait, yeah, there, uh, he was in a couple. Right? Uh, no, Bong Joon-ho yeah. only won uh, uh, no, an Oscar for Parasite. Nicholas Nicolas Cage, Cage, though. Oh, Nicholas Cage, yeah. He won an Oscar for... Leaving well, Las Vegas. Spoil it, for Leaving yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You spoiled well, sorry. it. Sorry. Shut up. Damn. You should have given me a spoiler Shame. warning before you spoiled it in the middle uh, of my sentence. Stop this <laughs> episode and listen to the Leaving Las Vegas episode that has not been recorded <laughs> or released. <laughs> I think it's like later in the second thing in the bracket anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's further on. Uh, so this Whoops. was the production companies on this one were Entertainment Manufacturing Company, which is just a fucking what? hilarious thing. <laughs> that, that's a shell company if I've ever heard yeah. of <laughs> They manufacture entertainment. It's very direct. Uh, also, Saturn Films, Cages. Hell yeah. Let's we'll never forget Saturn Films, a very frequent flyer on this series. <laughs> I pump my fist every time I see that Saturn, baby. Yeah, I was excited to see it. Well, Good for you, uh, Nick. And uh, the reason for that is because no U.S. studio would back this movie. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that was in the, the IMDb trivia. Uh, so they had to get uh, international finances secured uh, to wow. even make this. The okay. international man of mystery, Brian Singer, to finance this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they flew the uh, Epstein jet to uh, <laughs> London. Um, Pervert Island. <laughs> to Zurich, to Berlin, yeah. to wherever they could go. That's like that Vampire Weekend song. Uh, so that's, that's a joke just for us, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you, George, for being here for that one. Um, yeah, Lord of War uh, is a fictionalized take on a group of brilliant young skateboarders uh, raised in the mean streets of Dogtown in Santa Monica, California. <laughs> The Z-Boys, as they come to be known, perfect their craft in the empty swimming pools of unsuspecting suburban homeowners, pioneering a thrilling new sport and eventually moving into legend in the 2005 picture, Lords of Dogtown. <laughs> uh, See, I thought for a second I was listening to Dave do a summary of the fucking movie. Uh, well, See, the, both, both Lords of, Lord of War and Lords of Dogtown came out in the same year, so I would be remiss not to uh, confuse the two. Um, so they're that, also both really good. Well, yeah, I, I like Lords. Of, yeah, they're both really good. Is what I'll say. By the way, who's Dave? Nobody introduced him. <laughs> oh yeah, up on the boards we've got fucking Dave. Dave, good for you, Dave. Yeah, good job. Great, great. Hi, Dave. Hey there. Oh wow, Dave. I like the one who's nice to me. It's I've the more never time heard... he spends around you, the more I was gonna he'll say, he just up. hasn't had the chance to destroy your. <laughs> he'll come around. Don't destroy worry. Destroy yourself confidence yet. So. I do have some more trivia. I can shift that oh, mic too. I'm I didn't saying. get to the budget. Oh, either. sorry. I, know. You, I was rudely interrupted. But the budget of this was fifty million dollars. <laughs> and uh, anybody want to hazard a guess as to the box office gross? I'm gonna guess uh, seventy-three million dollars. I'm gonna that's, say that's cheating. <laughs> no, no, I'd literally just guessed. I don't know. I'm gonna say 500 billion. No, I'm gonna say 100 million. 
This movie grossed seventy three million dollars. Oh, well, I just guessed. <laughs> I assumed he wow. looked it up. No, no, no. <laughs> I literally just guessed. Seventy three uh, is Taylor's favorite number. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's thirteen out of forty movies thus far that have been. In the black. In the black. Boppo box office, as they say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, this one got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% audience score. Sort of liked by critics, pretty well liked by people. Once again, critics really shows people. the elitism of the critics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Mike, you can go on to your trivia now. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Um, no, you just had interrupted me uh, when I was trying <laughs> to do the trivia. So. <laughs> Um, according to writer and director Andrew Nichol, the filmmakers worked with actual gun runners in the making of this movie. Uh, I guess the the tanks that they had lined up like actually belonged to a Czech arms dealer. Uh, oh shit! And they uh, used a real stockpile of over three thousand AK forty sevens because it was cheaper than getting prop guns. Well, you know, Nick Cage does have a line about uh, AK forty sevens being really cheap, but AK forty sevens in the third world are like dirt fucking cheap like you can get them for basically nothing yeah I, i've got a bunch yeah <laughs> I, i've got a good three or four laying around here yeah, I, I use them Just to check build under my the table explosive new house so. <laughs> you have that uh it's like a game of thrones throne but instead of swords it's uh ak-47s right absolutely in my neighborhood of philly we've established a bartering system with them oh i uh, <laughs> i have been to philadelphia before and uh when i Got to the airport, there's like a spot where you can exchange your U.S. dollars for AK-47, um, <laughs> which I, we actually didn't do, and we they didn't let us in a lot of places. What is the current exchange yeah. rate, do you know? Um, I think it's a, a dollar is 20 AK-47s. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Yeah. I remember when it used to be 12 yeah. AK-47s for the dollar. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It must have really weak. been devalued It's weak right now. Yeah. yeah, economy is, uh, dare I say, naughty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but before shooting that scene with the tanks, um, they had to uh, warn NATO uh, because they didn't want anybody to think that there was a real war starting. <laughs> 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 so, that's fun. Uh, and uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, character is a composite of five real arms dealers, but um, largely based on Victor Bout. A former Soviet officer who was finally arrested by Thai authorities in March 2008, uh, also known as the Merchant of Death. And also not to spoil too much wow. about the plot of uh, Lord of War before we get into it, but objectively not born and raised in America. I wonder why they chose that uh, artistic decision for this movie for Nick Cage not to play somebody from the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially what we know about Nick Cage's amazing accent. His beautiful accent. <laughs> Um, I mean, he was downright Ukrainian in this shit. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Jared Leto, forget yeah. about it. You yeah. see them like, <laughs> chugging a bottle of vodka on a uh, rooftop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> squatting and complaining about the Holodomor, which didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I got for fun facts. Um, other than uh, this movie is not uh, Lords of Dogtown, 2005. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess moving on to a plot summary here. Cage gives like a little monologue at the start about just how many guns there are in the world i think he says like 550 million or one for every 12 people which by the way i wanted to because i had to write that down that number is objectively wrong oh um, shit. yeah there's a little over a billion guns currently in the world that we know of oh so almost twice as many yeah. <laughs> well did you check 2005 oh yeah i mean there's no i mean i i, I refuse to believe they've made a half a billion guns in the last 15 years mm, well i have ordered I believe a bunch it. since then yeah. <laughs> i'm talking about the exchange rate of ak-47s again i mean shit <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean 
We see the surplus. <laughs> Coins are disappearing, yeah. but AK-47s... Yeah, clearly there's inflation going on. But yeah, after that, uh, the opening credits kind of follow a bullet through the manufacturing and shipping process and end with it being loaded into a gun and fired into <laughs> a child, I think. Yeah, yeah literally shot yeah. into the skull of a child. Which, by the way, that opening sequence was fucking fantastic. I oh, love it. It's, it's fun. It's probably uh, get behind something like that. I mean, I feel like I've seen that a bunch of times, despite not having actually seen this movie. Oh, but yeah. during this scene, <laughs> I remembered that we definitely had a few days of like a hungover history teacher showing this in high school. Oh, really? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think I've, I've after watching it, I think I've seen probably three quarters of it. Oh, damn. I had yeah. seen three and quarters. Yeah, that's the thing is that it usually doesn't end with a bullet in a child's skull outside of like Besco or Live League. So I'm glad we got to mm. see that in a major motion picture. Yeah, and I mean they didn't get too CSI with it and like follow the bullet like through his brains or anything. Maybe a little bit, but yeah, it's like that for that split frame of a second, basically. <laughs> but yeah, I I do think that was pretty cool as far as intro credit sequences go. Definitely cooler yeah. than Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah, where the intro was like ten minutes long and nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> I, I think uh, opening credit sequences are really important, and uh, this is a great one, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Uh, then we see Cage, whose family apparently pretended to be Jewish so they could leave the Soviet Union and get to the U.S., <laughs> uh, living in Little Odessa. Can I just say that I laughed so hard when they, like, the bullet casing is in focus, and then the menorah comes into focus oh, and yeah. i was like wow really hitting the message really hard right up top guys. <laughs> yeah. one day uh in little odessa he sees some gangsters shoot each other and decides he wants to be an arms dealer so uh jared leto who plays his little brother and cage convinces him to go into business with him as an arms dealer uh, they go to, like, the Berlin Arms Fair in 1983, but are basically rejected by everybody there. So then they go to Beirut to uh, get munitions that have been left behind by uh, the army there, uh, because it is usually apparently cheaper to just buy more weapons than it is to uh, ship the weapons back to your home country when you're done. So uh, they buy a bunch of guns from soldiers who... Uh, were kind of selling them under the table to make money for their own gain. Basically, generals, higher-ups, people that, you know, have access and authority over those things. And uh, he becomes pretty successful at getting various arms through embargoes that have been set up by the UN and other uh, governing bodies. After that, uh, we kind of see, like, uh, a tense scene where they're on a cargo ship carrying a bunch of their um, stolen weapons that's about to be intercepted by Interpol agents, and they kind of rapidly change the name painted on the side of the ship to a the new... great scene. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, did you forget who Nick Cage teams up with in this movie? Oh, Jared Leto, did I Yeah, not say? his brother, the Joker, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the Joker, I should be calling him. He the best Joker. Oh, we yeah, can that's all the, the name Jared Leto uh, doesn't register with Taylor. You have to call him the Joker. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was definitely not the too fucking blonde guy from Fight Club at all. <laughs> Describe him as the Joker to me, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I always call him uh, the guy from the Kill music video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I also describe him as the guy from the best... Post rock slash new metal band in the early 2000s, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, yeah. I think uh, it would take longer to get there. The band's <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, do not listen to uh, Who Shall Not Be Named. 30 Seconds to Mars is the best band of all time. You know, they were the first American band to shoot a music video in the People's Republic of China. So they're also the most tanky band of all time. 
Mm. And uh, I heard Jared Leto's not a great guy, but uh, has a big penis. So. That's what I've heard, too. In this movie, as he'll come to see, uh, one thing he shares in common with the Joker that he played is that he's <laughs> damaged. <laughs> <laughs> That's... He actually wrote the Black Flag album. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and the the main Interpol guy uh, is Ethan Hawke, uh, oh, yeah. who's trying to put the hammer down on old uh, My man. I, I love and the Hawk, man. He's looking pretty good in this one, too. He's got a kind of butch, shaved, uh, short Ice haircut. Chic. Uh, he, he was hotter in Boyhood, though. I have, I have not seen Boyhood, actually. He was way hotter in Boyhood, so. I, um, he was hotter in Gattaca, speaking of... Yeah, uh, movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's basically harassing Nick Cage, being like, yo, yo, motherfucker, you can't sell guns on this ship. What the, who the fuck are you? <laughs> He's like, uh, I laughed. I laughed so hard when they um, <laughs> when they figure it out, and and the Joker is like, the French flag is on its side is Dutch, and Nick Cage <laughs> oh, yeah. Goes, yeah, they're <laughs> going through their stockpile of flags, uh, and yeah. they don't yeah. have a Dutch flag. <laughs> yeah, right, and he says, he says, that's why you're my brother, and I was <laughs> like. What the fuck does that even mean? I, That's why you're my brother. They have a very strange brotherly. They really relationship. do. Yeah, and they look nothing alike. Too. They don't. At all. <laughs> they really don't. Jared Leto's Nick way Cage, uglier. It's yeah. Nick Cage was like, oh yeah, this will reflect well on me. <laughs> These guys are brothers in like brothers in a gay porn would look like. They do not look yeah. anything alike. They do look like they're about to start like. Jerking each other off at some because <laughs> they're like you know Ukrainian enough that they're uh, you know at least Jared Leto is uh, kind of like a you know jumpsuit wearing kind of guy and, yeah uh, mm-hmm. you know you just oh his speech about being a dog at the beginning of the movie is hysterical <laughs> I, so. I love how they get two people are uh, they're supposed to play two Ukrainians you get a French like ethnically French guy and fucking uh, Jared Leto and you get an Italian with fucking Nick Cage <laughs> nothing alike uh, honestly it's perfect but and I feel like the the main thing that unites them though is that Jared Leto played the Joker and Nicolas Cage is the Joker so <laughs> He's um, like, you want to know where I got these guns? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Interpol very much does want to know where he got those guns, I think. They but, do. <laughs> but uh, the agents still search him, but they'd hidden all the weapons under some rotting potatoes. So That was really fucking funny. And I loved, like, at the tail end of that scene, like, in the last few seconds, the guns or the, the potatoes, like, start falling. And you see it was an M16 on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 They should have just uh, buried him in potato flakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like would have been a lot easier. Yeah, we'll talk about it flakes been, later on in the movie. If you I know think what I mean. everyone would have mistaken that for snow, though, and it wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. So, wow. Why is there all this <laughs> snow on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> How's it staying not melted? Yeah. <laughs> why is it more powder than snow? <laughs> the early part of the movie is a little bit of a montage of some of Cage's early dealings, and next we see him in a deal with a Colombian drug lord, where. Uh, they argue because the drug lord wants to pay him in cocaine and he wants money. But uh, but Jared Leto's cool with that. Yeah, Jared Leto's very <laughs> And also, don't, don't forget, and this is like one of many scenes, but Nick Cage speaks all their native languages, which, fun fact, 
He learned all those things. <laughs> <laughs> he, wow. this movie. Uh, Nick Cage has never once gotten a notification for being inactive on Duolingo. He, yeah. is, fucking, <laughs> he is constantly learning, you know, uh, Native American languages, uh, made up languages. <laughs> He's picking up ASL. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Plus, well, thing, like, Nick Cage is poly in many ways. He's polyamorous <laughs> and a poly, polyglot, too. So, like, he knows all the yeah. fucking languages. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised hmm. if for Snowden he did learn ASL. Just we well, you know, fun fact, just for uh, that one because he, apparently fucking learned his Navajo, original gun but, deal was during World War II on Saipan when he was speaking in Navajo to, oh, yeah. to the Japanese. Somehow. Oh yeah, but yeah, after uh, after the trucker pays them in cocaine, Leto becomes addicted to the coke and like runs off somewhere into the depths of Colombia. Uh, immediately, yeah, <laughs> <just> immediately, <laughs> oh, <man. He> is <laughs> twisted off it. Yeah. They go from no drugs to immediately <laughs> doing coke off a knife and off the floor. Yeah, and like just banging like just some some probably gnarly hookers without a fucking like a, without a fucking condom and just like snorting all the cocaine. It's like, yo, bro, I understand there's need to be an escalation, but it doesn't take five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And then he's this He's so high on cocaine that he uh, makes a map of the Ukraine uh, out of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, also, that's the right. part where he's gonna like, snort his way down. Yeah, you're right. And then, like Nick Cage, like takes all the cocaine and puts it on the floor, and he just starts sniffing the carpet. I'm like, where did this all come from? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a pretty extreme wild. level <laughs> to he get was to. Pissed <laughs> when Nicolas Cage destroyed Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> That was one thing I did notice. Like, I literally wrote down this movie moves so quick. Like, just the pacing in it is so pedal to the metal. Uh, yeah, it, it really it's is. Crazy. Yeah, especially in the early parts of the movie, they're really trying to cram yeah. a lot into this runtime. Yeah, for the, sure. The opening and scene it's with, still over two hours. Yeah. yeah, the opening scene with a bullet is supposed to be, uh, you know, just a a overview of the entire film, just fucking. Plowing through uh, <laughs> yeah. manufacturing and then to a kid's head, you know, yeah. it's, it's just yeah, it's all exactly. happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so Leto is severely addicted to coke after this, and Cage <laughs> forces him to rehab, but gives him one last bump on the car seat before he goes, <laughs> and uh, he decides to start working alone. Pretty much immediately after this, Cage spends a shitload of money to rent out a hotel and hire a model named Ava that he's been seeing on billboard ads um, for a fake photo shoot. And essentially, we also grew up in the same same town. They're they're both from Brooklyn and the same neighborhood. Oh, I must have missed that actually. No, yeah, they're they're from the same neighborhood. That's why he's like, oh, that's the girl I remember when I was a kid, and I wanted to bang her when I was like fifteen or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I see. It's still crazy, but it makes a little more sense. It, it certainly makes a little more sense now. That that because uh, before I was just like, how did you hatch up this convoluted plan? But uh, yeah, he hires her for a, a fake photo shoot and basically essentially fools her into thinking he's incredibly rich and into starting a relationship with him. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty fucked, fucked up. up. Uh, the whole dynamic of their relationship is very strange in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, didn't he, didn't he rent out that whole hotel? Yeah, yeah, basically so that it was just him and her so she would have no one to speak to but, but him. And, and here's the thing. Don't ever spend that much money on white women. It's not fucking worth it. <laughs> Never <laughs> worth it. Uh, he actually rented out the hotel, uh, the whole hotel, so nobody would overhear when they were fucking throwing down, rocking the walls. <laughs> they her fucking back yeah. and turned her out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked in every room in that hotel. They... <laughs> <laughs> 
And hey, I, if you run out of hotel, I say that you have to do that. Really, yeah, that's yeah. get your money worth. I mean, shit. Yeah, the the manager has to let you do it in the offices too. <laughs> yeah, they were actually uh, so dehydrated that they had to, in a deleted scene, uh, go to the hospital. The very next scene, we cut to them getting married, and um, shortly after their marriage, uh, the Cold War ends, and Cage is super, super excited about this. He's kissing the screen, like, as uh, uh, Gorbachev is on there. He's actually more excited about this than his son, who just started walking moments before. Uh, I mean, fuck that kid. Yeah, fuck that kid. I walk every day. (laughs) Well, most days. Yeah, we're supposed to be fucking impressed, because he got up and took a few steps. No. But, um... Yeah, he knows that this is going to lead to a bunch of uh, arms deals. And uh, during family Christmas festivities, because this happens around Christmas time, Jared Leto is again acting very erratic and again taken to rehab by Cage in basically a repeat of the previous scene. <laughs> gives him a bump off the car seat <laughs> and then go on. <laughs> and he, when, it, when he gives him that bump, he says, uh, you're a good brother. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I would think that too. If <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cage goes to the Ukraine to buy some weapons from the military there, and this will be fairly easy to do because of the messy breakup of the USSR. The Ukraine is no longer a part of the Soviet Union, and uh, these are a lot of Soviet weapons and munitions. And this is a thing that definitely happened in the breakup of the USSR, like tons of weapons kind of mysteriously vanished from a lot of uh, former Soviet republics. Including a bunch of nuclear weapons that we still don't have <laughs> documents, That's which is a uh, comforting, yeah, real, real fun one to think about, right? We've uh, we see that Cage has kind of slowly developed an intense rivalry with the uh, Interpol agent played by Ethan Hawke, and um, he also, uh, during this time in the Ukraine, witnesses the murder of the general who he was uh, buying those weapons from, which was his own uncle with a car bomb. By another arms dealer that he's kind of been competing with uh, ever since the Berlin show that he went to all that time ago. Bilbo. Oh, uh, yeah. Ian Holm. It's Bilbo Baggins. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even Good recognize that. Oh, I did not recognize that either. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It took it took I it took me an hour and 20 minutes to realize <laughs> that it was Bilbo. <laughs> and then I wrote it down. That's weird. Did, did he have like a weird like face like change there for like a microsecond when uh, he had a bunch of uh, got the better uh, of him? He had a bunch of like yeah, I guess so. white goop. Pouring out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen that, to that, the best little horror house in Philly movie uh, episode about Alien. I was going to say that, that white goop definitely came from me, just to let you know. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he, he's pretty hot. Yeah. I, just, I well, just couldn't help but bust. May he rest in peace. But uh, That's right. He did die. Never mind. I, I'm i not that much of a necrophiliac. So. Not anymore. We, we took not you to rehab that twice. Much. They got to be that fresh. Much. Yeah, yeah. We had to take Taylor to rehab twice, and then we like... Handed him a dead body in the car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we're like, "Hey, just this is just the last one." Yeah, one yeah, last we, one. We were right. talking about cracking a cold one earlier, so. <laughs> and I didn't oh. used to work funeral service, so I got plenty of those jokes. Oh so. boy, we're getting into it. <laughs> but uh, Cage begins to do a lot of business with the leader of Liberia, whose name is uh, Andre Baptiste, which is based off the real leader of Liberia at the time, from 1997 to 2003, Charles Taylor, who is. Probably one of the most evil people of the last 30 years. Uh, cannibal, mass murderer, uh, the guy who, along with the uh, Re- Revolutionary United Front in Sierra Leone, who uh, were responsible for the uh, the practice of uh, cutting off people's arms oh. and asking the question, long sleeve or short sleeve, which was, would you rather have your hand cut off or your entire arm cut off when they'd uh, 
put your hand on the chopping block. Love so, yeah, What's everyone's answer? Char- Charles Taylor, What's everyone's um, answer? Uh, you know, Char- Charles Taylor got his start uh, in Liberia by uh, assassinating the president of Liberia at the time, Samuel Doe, by killing him on camera, then eating his remains on camera as well. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, How Charles Taylor is a real scumbag. Also, by the way, uh, taught by, uh, uh, went to school in America to essentially become a dictator in Liberia. So, <laughs> all right, wait, another, hold on. Another, another psychopath that America helped teach to be a psychopath. <laughs> Let's all decide short sleeves or long sleeves. Would you? All would right. you Jess, have... you first. Um, you know, I think I'd, well. I'm going to uh, go short I... sleeve because then if I do get into the conflict, I can at least beat them with a little bit more of my arm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go long sleeve just because I can probably push myself up with my nubs. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I saw a video recently of a guy with, a. His arms cut off from like the elbow down, uh, rolling mm-hmm. a blunt, and wow. he does it. Surely uh, the future is now. A lot better than I ever could. Uh, so maybe <laughs> that's what I need. I, um, I saw one of those videos where a guy who was a double am, uh, double amputee with his arm, he was jacking himself off. Oh, oh. he was doing a better job than I could have ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check uh, check our Twitter for that link. Uh, we will put that up for you. <laughs> Which that guy definitely definitely sounded notes. very Liberian, so I think Charles Taylor had a had a role to play with that guy. Wow. Well. Um, I'm definitely a long sleeves guy. I mean, pro- modern prosthetics are crazy, man, and uh, I feel like you can get a little more a little more into it with uh, with just your hand. So that's true. Uh, I'm gonna go long sleeves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, definitely check out uh, Charles Taylor's uh, SoundCloud when he gets out of the Hague. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you we you said all that stuff uh, about him, but uh, I he could not seem like more of a chill dude in my opinion. Yeah, he's a really so. cool guy. <laughs> um, you know, that's saying he's really good with the ladies, and he actually helped Nick Cage get a couple ladies while he was in Liberia. Yeah, the, yeah. are you talking about the Portishead threesome? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I'll get to that in just okay. a second. Okay, sorry, but, I'm jumping uh, the gun. Here. <laughs> um, Cage is pretty scared of Baptiste and his son, who both seem really erratic and willing to kill anyone on a moment's notice. You just heard the person that it's based on. Really erotic. And quite erotic, because in a a weird little scene, uh, Baptiste's son uh, gives Cage a room with two women in Liberia who try to sleep with him as uh, as Portishead plays. (laughs) What's the name of that song? Um, Uh, I think it's on Dummy, right? It's definitely Uh. on Dummy, yeah. I also, haven't listened to any other Portishead album. And also, uh, Nick Cage does have a lot of monologuing in this movie. Uh, he's like the narrator of this film, and he does a fantastic yeah. job. But during that scene, he says, oh, I had my own uh, little Iman and Naomi. And I'm like, Is the, are those the only two beautiful black women you can like say in the top of your head to be like, oh, they, that's what these women... And they look nothing like Iman or Naomi Bank. Yeah. <laughs> or Naomi Campbell, by the way, look nothing alike. Um, let's I see. Talk about some racism from Nick Cage here. Thinking all black people look the same. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go in a circle. Everybody named two black women. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so back home, uh, Jared Leto talks to Cage about how what he's doing is like very morally wrong and how Cage's <laughs> wife doesn't know anything about yeah. it. Um, yeah, of course, the wife doesn't know anything about it. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. Women always know. Yeah, she did. She did the classic Godfather move where she was like, "I just don't want to know anything about it. Like, don't yeah. involve me." Just uh, there's a few scenes where she's just like covering her ears and screaming, uh, <laughs> "La la 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 <laughs> la la la!" I don't hear you, la la. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't want to implicate her in anything. So, uh. Jared Leto still seems to be addicted to 
Coke because he's still got kind of the same thing going on. And I mean, but nobody uh, suggests that maybe he's just like that, you know? Maybe yeah. he's just like that. Yeah. Maybe that's just how he is. Maybe that's his personality. Yeah, and, I mean. And sending him to rehab is just costing you needless money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, shortly after this on his next arms deal where he's flying into Liberia. Uh, on an airplane that he owns now, because I should mention at this point that he's gotten successful enough that he is, in his words, richer than he was pretending to be when he got Ava to marry him. Yeah, dude, he's got like a fucking amazing penthouse and shit like that. Can fucking buy like a like a like a like a cargo plane and shit like that. Yeah, like, I he's, think he's loaded. Yeah, he's totally loaded. I, I think he said he owns like ten cargo planes or something at this point. But yeah, do you believe him though? Because I mean, if you look his. Mansion kind of looks like a cardboard cutout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you look closely, it looks like it's almost like a set that yeah. was built. <laughs> like wobbling in the wind. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me that this was a, a movie? This wasn't like a documentary? What? Uh, I mean, it I, kind I of was I, a documentary. I thought that like through the TV, I did like the being John Malkovich thing where I just walked into <laughs> his life briefly. Uh, but yeah, uh, so during that flight there, uh, he is confronted by an Interpol airplane, and uh, Cage has the plane land in the middle of a highway, and uh, before Interpol can get there, he gives out all the weapons in the back to just random civilians who are in the area, just so that he disposes of the evidence and they have nothing they can uh, arrest him for. It's a good idea. Solid idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely an idea that could not not go wrong. Well, he did also lose the plane. It's true, yeah. They the, the civilians also come back afterwards and just tear apart the plane. Yeah, which by the way, talk piece. about like you know, there's there's a lot of like shitty like sort of imperial uh, uh, racism out there, being like, oh, these Africans, they don't, they're, they're uncivilized. They tore apart an entire plane by themselves in like 24 hours. That's a lot of ingenuity that no American like crowd could fucking do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's I started like super impressive. I started taking out. It was a cool scene too, honestly. Like seeing it, it looked like it was a decomposing like nature shot. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, a long, uh, sped-up sequence of just people tearing it apart from a full plane to just barely even a skeleton of it. Yeah, so, yeah very cool. Yeah. During that 24 hours that they tore it apart in, Cage is just handcuffed and left there in the desert by the Interpol <laughs> agents because they can uh, legally detain him for 24 hours without charging him. And Which I'm pretty sure they can't legally detain somebody outside yeah. handcuffed to a fucking <laughs> stool. I don't think that's legal. Yeah. Read the fine print, actually. I don't know, man. This is Interpol. They're not U.S. <laughs> yeah, Interpol. Which probably is. means they have more regulations. I didn't know Ethan Hawke was in the uh, band Interpol. <laughs> he actually uh, was, yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So shortly after this, uh, Cage goes back to his hotel in Liberia where Baptiste is standing there with his rival, uh, the, the other arms dealer. Is a Bilbo Baggins guy? Yeah, the Bilbo Baggins yeah. guy. And, this uh, is when I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> He has the uh, opportunity to stop Baptiste from murdering him, but he doesn't, just kind of lets it happen. And then... Uh, he also... I, so here's the thing, though. Did he Did he have that option? Because it seemed to me, like, if he said no, that he was going to get shot. Yeah, I was going to say versus somebody who, like, the real-life Charles Taylor, you don't tell Charles Taylor no. Yeah, like, that yeah. was not a thing. <laughs> that is true, but... Rock and a hard place, in my opinion. It is a rock and a hard cage. place. Uh but that doesn't stop him from going on a guilty drug binge afterwards. Yeah, by the way, snorting <laughs> cocaine true. combined with gunpowder. Oh, yeah. That, that shit yeah. will get what was you it? What did he wrecked. call it? Uh, it was like the brown brown or something? Or? I think it was yeah. called. I think that was literally what it was called. Yeah. yeah, I think it was brown brown. Um, good scene. I like that scene, too, when he's, like, drunk and oh, wandering yeah. around. 
in the middle of that drunk wandering when uh, two soldiers come up and he says, like, fuck Baptiste. And one of them tries to shoot him, but the gun doesn't work. And he's like, hold on, just uh, something must be wrong with the firing pit. And he's like trying <laughs> yeah. to help him with his gun. Uh, a true to kill salesman. Him. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> consummate, I mean, consummate talk, talk about that could have been the death of a salesman. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Miller, eat your heart out. And the hyenas come up, too. And I was like, oh, man, here we go. They're going for some kind of symbolism here. <laughs> yeah. So Interpol, while Cage is away, tells Ava that he's an illegal arms dealer. Uh, Ethan Hawke does it personally. And, uh, what a when, snitch. Total snitch. Yeah. Can't <laughs> even a tattletale fucking bitch. It's like, ooh, I'm going to tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I want to stop illegal arms tra- trafficking. Ooh, maybe your wife has a conscience. child soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't even do 1% of what Saudi Arabia does, but I'm going to take you down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when Cage gets home, she confronts him about it and demands that, uh, that he stops, uh, saying that she's failed at everything she's ever done, but she will not fail at being a person, uh, which, cool. <laughs> so he relents and stops for six months. Yeah, Ava's a real feminist icon there. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, she, he also, he was like the one buying her pictures, too. Oh, oh yeah. 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 He was they, buying all yeah. her art. Um, and she, she finds that out at the end of the movie, not to put too much spoilers. And I think that's the ultimate, but never mind. Yeah, the yeah. ultimate burn. She thought she was a yeah. successful artist, and it turns out <laughs> yeah. she's fucking trash. Yeah, she she <laughs> thought that her art was being used for a legitimate money laundering scheme instead of another mo- <laughs> a, 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 a morality laundering scheme by being like, I'm going to help out my wife here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Cage actually starts doing a bunch of legal work, and his phrase on it is, thank God there are still legal ways to exploit developing countries. Which is such an incredible <laughs> fucking line. I loved that. Yeah, that really was good, honestly. I, so uh, Baptiste shows up at, Cage, at Cage's place shortly after this and offers Cage a ton of diamonds to get back into his black market arms dealing. And uh, he accepts the deal and convinces Jared Leto to join him and watch his back during the deal. He's basically like, one last fucking deal. One last fucking deal for all these diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this is a, you know, this is his connection to Vitali, who was also like, one more, one more. Ah, <laughs> they they that, are brothers. Oh, yeah. That is true. They're just addicted to different things. <laughs> exactly. As Cage is leaving uh, and goes to get his stuff from his office, which is in a shipping container under a bridge, uh, unbeknownst to him, he is followed by his wife, who finds his little arms-dealing headquarters. (laughs) Classic. Who hasn't that happened to? Then, at the deal, which is in Sierra Leone and not actually in uh, Liberia, Jared Leto tries to convince uh, Cage not to go through with it because he's worried that they will... uh, the buyers will immediately massacre a village that's right next to them once the weapons are turned over. Uh, Cage basically <laughs> refuses and says, we're going to go through with this. And Leto s- seems to calm down, but then goes over to the truck, pulls out a grenade and just blows it up. And he is then immediately shot and killed by the buyers. So- Which that scene made no sense to me, by the way. Like, And I wrote this uh, in my notes here, is that like, where did this sudden like conscience come from because like in the beginning of the movie you see he just misses watching two teenage boys get the fucking shit blown out of their skulls by like an ak-47 or something so like why all of a sudden where it's like oh people are gonna die if i sell these guys dude you should have figured that out like 20 literally 20 years ago like what the fuck well i think that was actually it was weird especially after his his speech at the beginning about being a dog that just wants to fucking fight and kill (laughs) winker dogs and it's like 
All right. I guess uh, in rehab, they had you a nice little character arc. <laughs> yeah. This dog just got neutered. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be a lot of the point of um, like the, the scenes with Leto showing where he was all messed up and on coke constantly and stuff like that was he was dealing right. with a the lot of mechanism. And, yeah. Guilty yeah. conscience. Which if he did really have that much of a guilty conscience, why would he even fucking go to Liberia slash Sierra Leone in the first place? Why wouldn't he just stay the fuck home? To take like care just, of his brother. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like like his brother couldn't have taken care of himself in the last 15 years. He was successfully doing this shit by himself. It's he, about family. It's so, about family. <laughs> I live my life a quarter AK-47 at a time, baby. That's right. Hey, I'm, That's I'm, right. I'm uh, getting my family and I'm a deals over here. <laughs> That's the line. We're from Ukraine over here. Yeah. I'm going to get a Stromboli and a Kiev. <laughs> so, um... Cage uh, goes through with the sale, and after the sale, Cage returns home and is basically immediately apprehended by the ATF. Uh, It turns out that Ava turned him in after she found that shipping container with all of his shit. And uh, while he's being confronted by Agent Ethan Hawke, Cage tells him that he knows he won't go to court because the U.S. government needs people like him to supply its allies with guns in a way where the government has plausible deniability about uh, what is going on. Which I feel like is objectively true. It is objectively true. Yeah. Uh, Not what Ethan Hawke wanted to hear, uh, but he's not willing to let it get through to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is kind of a moment that's almost like the movie, like, looking at the camera and just saying, like, here is the theme. (laughs) um, Yeah, literally. (laughs) In case you have missed it. Nick Cage breaks the fourth wall at the very beginning and the very end. Yeah, literally staring at the yeah. camera. It's like that it turns into the big short. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so it turns out Kate is correct because once he leaves, he is uh, let go and just goes right back into arms dealing, and that's the end of the movie. But uh, at the end of the movie, it does have a little like, a little text mm-hmm. crawl at the you know at the bottom of the screen that says like the world's largest arms suppliers are the U.S., U.K., uh, Russia, France, and China, which are the five UN Security Council members. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also probably missing. I mean, they're not they're not, of course, one of the five permanent members, but also fucking Saudi Arabia and Israel too. the beacons of freedom. Literally well, currently think, sitting on the, I think the, Israel the mostly, UN Human Rights Council, fucking Saudi Arabia. That makes a lot of sense. I think Israel mostly buys U.S. arms and then sells them to other people also. Well, but, I mean, it's still, <laughs> still a middleman is a middleman. So. True, true. You better stop. Hey, what's that sound? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the whole plot. Uh, thoughts on this, everybody? Uh, I fucking loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I was riveted throughout every minute. Uh, definitely, I would say it's probably my single favorite Nick Cage experience so far. Just because, even though I, you know, may have loved Raising Arizona more, it was the the only one of these films that I'd seen for the first time on the show that I genuinely fucking loved, like in every single way. It was it was good in a good way. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, it's not perfect. Um, would I recommend it to my fellow Patriots? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but you know, oh my God. it, uh, it, it could have been a lot worse, uh, a lot less sexy than Zandali, but mm-hmm. solid flick. And that's the thing. You don't, you don't have to agree with Nick Cage in this movie to be a Patriot. So, mm-hmm. uh, George. So here's the thing. I like having Nick Cage narrate a whole movie to me. I think and, you know, that's he, fun. He didn't sound like he was phoning in it at all. Like, I mean, no. and to be fair, this was not like a super low budget or like not a passion project, I'm sure. But he did a fantastic job narrating this film. Yeah, yeah I really uh, enjoyed that. I thought 
I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, the first part, like I said, it moves pretty quick. But once it gets to Africa, it kind of finds its footing a little bit, I think. And um, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I, I had seen it once before. And I'll, there are moments in it that I don't remember being uh, like sometimes it felt a little corny to me uh, yeah. when he was like holding the fistful of money <laughs> being like, <laughs> it's not our fight, Jared Leto. It's not <laughs> our fight. I was like, OK, we get it. But and I, I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, Jess, but um, I really like the line that Baptiste had. He's like, you know what they call me? They call me the Lord of War. And he's like, no, that's a warlord. I love when they dropped the dropped the title of the film. It was oh, like, yeah. no, 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 you're a, you're a warlord. And he's like, oh, but I like mine better. Like, like, I yeah. love that. And I don't know the guy who played Baptiste in this movie, but that actor was also fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, he really did yeah. strike me as like a pure pure fucking evil character. He did a great job. He was cool. He was cool. I thought this movie was good. Yeah, and that even, is my final answer. <laughs> yes. And even though I don't like Jared Leto in general, I will say he did a solid job in this movie. All those character arc, like I said, was still kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. I don't think he was playing a character. I think he, <laughs> yeah, that was really Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto was like, listen, I, I love Coke. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking. Can up we here. work that I, in somehow? Listen, I love Coke. <laughs> they had to. Yeah. They had to find a way to work it into the plot because he was literally just walking around, <laughs> he just carrying kept showing a kilo up on of set. Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's um, why Nicolas Cage was always like batting the cocaine away. He's like, stop, we're doing the movie. Yo, yo, Jared, stop, we're filming. I'll give we're you filming. one more bump. All right. <laughs> yeah. One more bump for the scene. <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I thought this was a good movie. Really, really solid movie. And uh, one of the better ones we've seen thus far in this podcast. Some of the early parts of this movie do seem to be trying to fit like a few too many things into a uh, not enough time. Uh, and I feel like uh, some of the other characters could have been a little more developed, too. Like, uh, For sure. I agree. Jared Leto and probably Ava, too. His wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, there's, re- there's not also a... Also, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Here, Ethan... Here's what I think. They should have pretty much... I think they should have pretty much cut out Jared Leto's character and bumped up a lot of Ethan Hawke's screen time and really developed that rivalry. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. That's a great point. I, yeah. I think that would have done a... Uh, Really well, actually, because mostly Jared Leto was in there to kind of like, uh, you know, guilt trip Nicolas Cage, which I feel like they could have put a little more onto uh, Ava without, um, yeah. you know, without his character there and then given a little more screen time to both uh, her and Ethan Hawke. Yeah, but I really did like Ethan Hawke's character in this movie. Like he is he's like one of those like goody two shoes kind of guys, but he's also an asshole, which I kind of liked. So, yeah, I, I think that. I very much think that this is on purpose, but he kind of felt like an old school, like old West Marshall to me. Yeah, where, like, absolutely. He was like, I'm the law keeper. Like, it's my re- like for real duty to mm-hmm. be the justice, the line between this guy and the general population. And I think that Ethan Hawke is a really fucking amazing actor. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's been good in, in fact, basically everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I... I I would have loved to have seen a little more from him, especially if you're already going to be a, a two hour plus movie. I mean, what's another like 15 minutes if you split that up between two characters and beef them up a little bit, even yeah. if you wanted to keep Leto in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which that's the thing is that that those might be in like the fucking like deleted scenes or something. Who the hell knows? Maybe. Yeah, it's at least, probably a at least cut the of this movie cut, that's but... like three and a half hours long. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a. Uh... Kind of my thought about the movie. It's a good movie. Uh, pretty good message. Also, uh, there are a lot of lines that can slip by you if you're not paying close attention about, like, basically U.S. governmental actions that, that flood the world arms market. That I think are kind of <laughs> cool. But, um, but, yeah, solid flick. 
And yeah, you know, one one more thing on my end. The 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 main guy at this movie is based on Victor Bouts, which I I don't know if I'm quite saying his name, but like a about like a fight. Mm. He's always fighting for equality of gun sales in the world. <laughs> but um, in real life, uh, he did not end up continuing to be uh, 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 an illicit gun seller. He has been in prison for like. 15 years in America, so he did not have nearly as magnanimous of an end as Nick oh, Cage. Yeah. <laughs> you better stop me him. It says, uh, <laughs> uh, if you're wondering why Mike keeps uh, singing that, it's because it was in the opening credits, and was it in the end credits too? Or That should have been. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just uh, the opening. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I'll never say no to a little Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, give me that Buffalo. <laughs> Use every part of the Buffalo. That's what they say. Do you have any amazing Amazon reviews? Uh, I got some. I got some good Amazon reviews from this flick. Um, my the first one I grabbed was from a guy named Bruce Winning. Uh, so you know he's uh, right on the money. Hell yeah! We're talking about Charlie Sheen <laughs> on other episodes. You know, yeah. Bruce Winning. He uh, he he's wrote a review called blood. "The Toys of Violence," uh, and he writes. <laughs> The technical quality is theater standards. I especially <laughs> like the 5.1 surround sound. The action and violence is typical, which is very good for me every time. I am always mentioning the shooting, but this one is about the tools for shooting. I also don't classify this movie as war. Like I said, I classify it as action comma violence i would classify it as documentary but like i said in my spreadsheet it was just action comma violence and i am thusly grateful to amazon prime video <laughs> okay okay you know what the still ring endorsement so i won't shit on the review too much bruce winning uh yeah he is yeah um, he's totally winning a winning review I love the violence genre. Also, please tell me that was like a one out of five star review. Uh, that was a five out of five, baby. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay. Bruce, uh, Bruce loves this shit. Uh, I got a review from Amazon customer uh, called Kinda Sad. And they write, because this was the old Nicolas Cage style of movie, the kind before he started his current run of awful dreck. The kind that was good. It made me miss those days. In any event, wow. this was a terrific movie with a good cast and a better script. It, Harsh. It was well worth watching. Um, awful dreck? No. There's never been a bad Nick Cage movie. We've gonna... objectively proven that throughout this entire series. Yeah. How are you going to insult things like Outcast and, and The Runner? And yeah, uh, and Arsenal 211. Yeah, Looking Glass. <laughs> He's been and pay the ghost. Yeah. Like, come on. I got a one from a lover of quality. Um, <laughs> really? That's a fucking wonderful name. Uh, well, let's see if this is a positive or negative review. <laughs> oh, you're gonna love this one. Uh, <laughs> they wrote a review called Great Awareness. Uh, in which they said, I am a analytical thinker and love movies <laughs> like this that force people to pay attention to the actual events affect us. Hopefully seeing this will help people engage more to change this. Also, entertaining movie. Uh, I think, I don't know, in uh, the Season of the Witch episode, I think you said that the, uh, one of the reviews there was one of the most fedora-wearing <laughs> reviews ever. I think that may have taken the cake there a little bit. Uh, hey. uh, Sometimes you got to put a fedorical on top of that analytical thinking brain, baby. <laughs> I got a review from Gregorio. Uh, this is a ACR, all caps review, uh, who uh, he wrote, Good life narrative. Uh, moved well from subject to situations. Identify with theme. Uh, <laughs> this was actually my pseudonym. 
<laughs> okay, so how, how how well do you identify with a the theme of being a fucking arms trafficker? Was this made? By, uh, was this lot. review made by Victor Bout while he was in prison? <laughs> uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss that on the air. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, um, I got a review from WMF who says, not a good flick at all. A uh, horrible flick that can't decide what it is. Comedy, drama, what? Don't waste our money. Um, so that's... Uh, Did you spell like our, like the like H-O-U-R? Uh, nope, the other one. Okay, so uh, I wish you would have said, don't waste our of money. <laughs> Two hours of money. <laughs> Two hours of money. <laughs> Which cost three ninety nine. dollars hey, on Amazon Prime. He's getting paid $2 an hour at <laughs> work. Time is money, they say. Yeah. Uh, I have another all caps review from Observer The. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are these? What are these great observations from The? Uh, Well, they titled their review "One of the Worst I Ever Purchased." (laughs) No, I'm sorry, (laughs) Poochist. And Observer The says, "Very dull movie." uninteresting characters in a plotless muck of insipid political propagandistic drivel. Save your money. Now, talk about wow. fedora reviews. That was a fedora <laughs> review. True. He pulled out a thesaurus at the end there. Yeah. yeah Goddamn, dude. He's, he's, I'm very smart. <laughs> yeah, he dropped an insipid. Good, good yeah. grief. He fucking dropped them fucking bars, dude. Seriously. And I Not have, those bars uh, have soaped them. I have one last review from Mac 10 ODB Woo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who oh, writes, so wait, Old Dirty Bastard wrote this review? Uh, yeah, I think so. In right. 2006. When did he die? I, oh, 2002, I think. Oh, I thought it was four. So he I wrote this review from ghost. the grave. So. This yeah, is a post-mortem review. Um, and, you know, ghosts have all the time in the world to waste, so they don't care what the fuck they watch. I think it was uh, a posthumous review. Uh, and what Mac 10 ODB Woo says is, uh, well, what can I say about this movie that does not include curse words? First off, Jared Leto. Horrible. He was in Requiem for a Dream, so you figure he knows how to act like he's high. But he just spits cliched <laughs> lies and falls into Crimis trees. <laughs> Crimis. Cage was even worse because no one kills him, which leads to <laughs> an even longer set of monologues. If you can put up with Cage trying to be Ben Stein for what feels like a lifetime, I would suggest you buy this movie. P.S. Near the end, Cage blabs more facts about gun sales than you thought ever existed. Which here's the thing. If you want to see Nick Cage die in movies, just listen to like half the episodes of Cage Fight. He dies like half those movies. Watch Deadfall. He dies uh, halfway into it and then it stops being good. (laughs) Also, no. I do want to win Nick Cage's money, so I would be fine with him being Ben Stein. <laughs> exactly. I mean, is there a problem with acting like Ben Stein? Th- I mean, uh, this reviewer is, uh, I mean, they pulled that Ben Stein reference out of uh, I don't know where. So they obviously yeah, yeah, have. They were just, they were they just currently watching it. They were just currently, <laughs> they just had when Ben Stein's money on. And they were like, yeah. he's acting like Ben Stein over here. Yeah. He, he had just w- like finished watching the beginning of Ferris Bueller. And he's like, that's the reference I'm going to fucking do. Yeah, sometimes uh, yeah. when I watch uh, like a little bit of Family Feud before a movie, I'm like, uh, Tom Cruise was fucking <laughs> Steve Harvey that whole time. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all the, that's all the Amazon reviews I have for that one. Um, a lot of people were mad about it. Uh, and a lot of people say it's Nicolas Cage's best work. Oh yeah. Oh, truly uh, a balance. 
Well, uh, now that we've gotten through Lord of War, I think we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back to you with uh, Snowden. Snowden. <laughs> and a uh, little bit of uh, Fred Durst Friday. So we'll see you in a bit. Catch you on the flip side. Good night. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk to you now about the movie Snowden, which came out in 2016, uh, rated R, and this was directed by Oliver Stone. Good old Oli Stone. Good old Oliver That's, Stone. Mm-hmm. Who did, uh, he did that JFK movie. He did Platoon. He did, I think he did W, too, didn't he? He did W, uh, yeah. W, and Nixon. I believe would be the way to pronounce it. But, oh, uh, and W? Yeah. Hey, if you're a historical event, odds are... Old Stone, he's made a picture about I, you. I think he also <laughs> made the true. movie uh, Born on the Fourth of July, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. I, I'm not sure about that. You son that. of a bitch. I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> Wait, did he do Natural Born Killers? <laughs> he did Natural Born Killers. He did the Doors movie. And he did another movie on this bracket, a okay. favorite of mine that I haven't seen. <laughs> Mike, uh, I regret to inform you that you are wrong. And he did, in fact, direct Born on the Fourth of yeah, July. Yeah, I just looked it up. You fucking I liar. thought Bruce Springsteen directed that shit. <laughs> it's possible. Very awesome. um, but he, he was uh, he produced it behind the scenes. Oh well, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> he he made World Trade Center, uh, which is a very important movie oh. in this bracket. Um, oh my god, he did and make that. Apparently, Nicholas Cage's uh, role in this movie was done as a favor to him. Uh, I guess for making him a super cool firefighter or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Give him that <laughs> stolen valor. <laughs> But yeah, this, uh, the production companies for this one were Endgame Entertainment, Vendian Entertainment, and Krautpack Entertainment. Fuck. Whoa! <laughs> like, like, a, like a, a slur for German pack? What's going on here? Yeah, I it's think. It's like, they like Krautrock. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so this movie had a runtime of 134 minutes and a budget of $40 million. Can y'all guess the gross on this one? I'm going to say $13 million. I'm gonna say thir- no. It, weighed, it made way more than that. Thirteen hundred million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna say seventy-five million. Everybody's pretty far off in this one. Thirty-seven point three million. So oh, wow. just barely in the red. Fuck you. I was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-one percent on uh, from the critics, seventy percent from the audience. So. Now, also, Lord of War got 61%, so these are both critically matched movies. Yeah, and uh, 3% Wait. from my conservative uncle. So. <laughs> yeah. I know we already stopped talking about the other movie, but I did want to just say that uh, it reminded me of War Dogs a lot, and that movie is also fun if you liked uh, Lord of War. Check that out, too. Lords of Dogtown War? What? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like the exactly. bridge uh, between the two. <laughs> yeah, that's the connection point. That's Actually, that's my favorite trilogy. <laughs> Those three. Um, um, but yeah, okay, sorry. Now back to Snowden. That's uh, okay. Uh, so this, this movie actually had a lot less Cage than we were expecting. It's actually, I think, the least actual presence of Cage since Sunny. Yeah, um, he's in this movie for like literally three or four minutes. Come yeah, on, yeah, out of any, and yet his spirit permeates it. It, it does. It truly. It does. really <laughs> does. And uh, I mean, at least in Sunny though, he plays like a insane pimp, uh, and in this, yeah. he's uh, post pimp. He's kind of uh, <laughs> mellowed out, you know. Post pimp. That's like the uh, you know the more 
serious direction that fucking Pimp C went after, like, uh, yeah. UGK and shit like that. And yeah. Before he died. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's all I have for facts. Uh, Mike, you got those uh, trivia I got some little bits. Nuggets. I got some little bits and boops. Uh, no Lords of Dogtown summary here, but uh, uh, Oliver Stone visited the real Edward Snowden uh, because not many people uh, actually know this, but he is a real person um, mm-hmm. that existed. Uh, yeah, not once. a very well-known Wait, dude. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's actually like a super big computer guy. Uh, uh, I think there's a documentary about him um, also. Um, it's about how he has like the highest score in Donkey Kong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, King of Kong. Yeah, Steve, Steve Weeby, is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. Um, wow, this has really recontextualized this movie for me just now. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, Oliver Stone met Edward Snowden uh, three times in Moscow before he decided to do this film. Hmm. Um uh, and uh, Edward Snowden was uh, reluctant about having a movie made uh, about him because he's like, oh, you know, nobody wants a movie made about him, especially, you know, when uh, uh, the whole point of my thing is uh, I don't want my shit on display. <laughs> yeah. uh, so fair point. Yeah, I was gonna say talk talk about a guy who uh, exposed secrets to like help uh, save America's privacy. He's like, I don't want my private shit out there. Fuck you, Oliver Stone. Um, just curious, did you guys see? Uh, Citizen Four, the documentary. I have not. Yeah, I've seen Citizen Four. Uh, I will be seeing it soon because I just borrowed the Blu-ray from Jess uh, yeah. <laughs> an hour ago. So, uh, I, yeah, I plan to watch it because um, I have not seen it. It's pretty rad. I gotta say, it's very, very scary. But I saw this movie when it came out. Like I saw this movie in theaters, and seeing this woman filming the whole time. I never like questioned like, oh, I wonder what happened to that footage that's supposed to be being shot here. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's what that documentary is for people who aren't familiar with it out there. Um, it's yeah. it's really cool. And uh, yeah, I it, believe it kind of dives a little more into it. They show uh, bits of it towards the end of this, uh, I believe. Correct. Um, yeah, uh, I think some of the stuff that she filmed is uh, present in like the interviews and things that are at the end. But yeah. uh, and they show little clips of it. But yeah, uh, I've seen Citizen Four. I'm actually pretty surprised I haven't seen this movie before because, like, I don't know the the Snowden leaks thing is something that I am really interested in. Like he uh, he released a book just this last October, I think that uh, I actually read recently. I got it right here in front of me. But it's been staring at me this whole time. <laughs> yeah, his face is right here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I hadn't seen this movie. I guess I was interested in the real thing. Yeah. Although, mm-hmm. uh, frankly, this. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much. This movie does a pretty damn good job of uh, displaying, like, you know, events pretty much as they actually happened. Um, Yeah, and uh, by all accounts, it seemed like Oliver Stone did a lot of uh, running early cuts by Snowden. um, Mm -hmm. And Snowden himself has said that this is a fairly accurate depiction of the events that occurred. Yeah, I I assumed that... uh, Part of the accuracy was because he had met with Snowden. I read that online beforehand. Yeah. Because, um, like, I don't know, a lot of the stuff that's in this movie is just kind of like a real very quick summary of a lot of the things that are in the book that he talks about, too. So Yeah, and Snowden uh, really rubbed off on him because uh, he wrote the entire screenplay for this movie uh, on a single computer with no internet connection <laughs> to ensure that it wouldn't be hacked or leaked. Um, no, wow. he, actually, he actually wrote this um, via typewriter. Actually, he should. I mean, he might as well have. Uh, He actually took a giant stone and like carved. (laughs) And that's how he did it. Hey, 
All I'll say is that I got a little thingy covering my webcam right now. So. Uh, by the way, hieroglyphics are in Navajo. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, uh, he did write the script in Navajo uh, under the inspiration of Nicolas Cage, yeah. um, who is the star of this movie. The code still uh, hasn't been broken, by the way. <laughs> Uh, That's the only way to hide stuff from the NSA is communicating Navajo. Um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Leffitt pledged to donate his entire salary from this film to help facilitate the conversation about the relationship between technology and democracy. Um, And Edward Snowden's parents said uh, he depicted him perfectly, Mm -hmm. uh, which he... Uh, remarked was like the biggest compliment that he could get. But yeah, I'm basically like your kid, but cuter. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What do you guys think of uh, JGL as a general rule? Um, I mean, you know, big third rock guy here. Uh, so <laughs> I'm I've been a stan. So uh, I mean, I I, right. I like him. He's uh, hashtag not my Robin, but uh, yeah, I was gonna say I've only <laughs> seen him in Dark Knight Rises. This and then. Not really much else. I'm not super familiar uh, with him. Five Hundred Days of Summer is a. Oh, yeah. is a fun I've movie. actually not seen that movie. It's a little, little problematic at times, but For you sure. know, it's uh it's fun. It's fun. Well, um, talk, talk about problematic. He's in one of the Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah, it's very. Oh, true. that's right. He was in one of the Halloween movies. Which which one was it? Yeah, he gets. Um, I feel like it might have been H two O at the very beginning. He's in the cold open, right? He gets the ice skate in in the head. Yes. I do vaguely remember that. Although I will say, though, um, talk about problematic. Um, the actress who plays uh, Edward Stone's girlfriend in this movie, uh, um, Shailene, Woodley. Shailene Woodley, is 11 years younger than Joseph Gordon-Levitt in real life, which Edward Snowden and his wife, I can't remember his wife's name at the moment, uh, are only two years different. So, Lindsay I mean, Mills. come on, Hollywood. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's come pretty gross. I do love Shailene Woodley, though. She's an amazing actor. Oh no, absolutely! I just, um, I, I really do wish Hollywood yeah, no. was just like, oh yeah, a woman in her mid thirties. Yeah, that's totally fine to put her in a fucking movie with a guy who's also in his mid thirties. <laughs> yeah, the, for sure, I agree with that. I um, definitely get behind that sentiment. The uh, it was originally supposed to be Margot Robbie, but she had uh, other obligations. So, oh really? Hmm. Uh, was that being uh, naked in the Wolves of Wall Street? Margot? Yes. <laughs> Uh, the last uh, bit I have here is that during the film shoot in Germany, Oliver Stone's mother died, uh, and uh, taking time off would uh, have left the production unable to complete uh, within its budget and schedule, so he missed his mother's funeral uh, to Jesus finish Christ. making this movie. Yes, a good wow. passion Rip to a real one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was probably fucking dick anyway. Yeah. Old yeah, people, right? right? It's like, whatever. Yeah. My mom. Look, if his mom, <laughs> if his mom lived to 2016, she was probably pretty old. Yeah, if she died in 2016, she was probably born in fucking like 1800. Or 2014. Yeah, she, yeah, she was probably born on the when 4th of July of like 1900. <laughs> yeah, that movie's actually about her. Yeah, yeah she was. Uh, I don't know how old she was. Well, but, she, uh, she was so old, she was born on the original 4th of July. <laughs> uh, all I'll say is uh, no offense to the Stone family, but uh, she had it coming to her. So. <laughs> She had it coming. She ran into my knife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, classic Chicagoland style stuff. Um, Okay, Uh, so that's all you had? Yeah. um, Okay. Well, uh, moving on to the plot summary then. So the movie kind of opens with uh, uh, Laura Poitras and Glenn Greenwald, who are actual people that interviewed uh, Snowden in um, uh, 
Citizen Four. Yeah, in Citizen Four, and for all the articles that were released through the Guardian and stuff like that. Uh, and their meeting with Snowden. It's weird because talking about someone and not saying Cage repeatedly, I have to switch out of that. <laughs> yeah. to think. It's like, listen, uh, 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 Glenn Green, uh, Glenn Cage, no. Uh, uh. In the canon of this podcast, Nicolas Cage did play Edward Snowden. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, And I am going to say Snowden uh, because I, uh, it is easier to say than Gordon Levitt or or, or and, JGL or and that's the thing. Talk about this opening scene where um, Zachary Quinto plays um, Glenn Greenwald. Spot on casting. He yeah, looks so that, that's yeah, insane. He crazy. looks <laughs> just crazy. like him. Yeah, I mean Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. Uh, uh, pretty good casting. Yeah, he he yeah. looks a hell of a lot like Snowden and. Uh, I think everyone did a, a good job, and I mean Quinto really kind of captures that like high strung energy that uh, Greenwald has. Oh God, um, fucking Lulu. Does a really good job. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they're meeting with uh, Snowden in the hotel in Hong Kong, and uh, then we kind of cut to uh, Snowden's story as he begins telling them there in the room, uh, which uh, I, I should say too, they kind of recreate actually some of the scenes that you can see in Citizen Four, like on a camera in this movie there. But uh, as he begins yeah. uh, the interview there, we cut to Snowden in his army boot camp training where he's discharged during basic because of his broken legs. He then applies and is hired to work as a programmer for the CIA. And on his training day, he bumps into Hank Forrester, an instructor and counselor played by Nicholas Cage. Cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when I saw him, I was like, yeah, finally. <laughs> Looking good, Mr. Cage. He's honestly kind of a snack in that scene. Yeah, I he mean, it's kind of like yeah. the Hot Professor vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, uh, JGL in this movie, uh, little hot teacher. Hot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Also, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but in that, like, in in the scene where he's getting interviewed, um, you know, post breaking his legs or whatever, um, he cites Ayn Rand as one of his influences. Yes, yeah, he does. he does. Yeah, which is, uh, you know what? Hey, yeah, he's read a book. That's cool. Yeah, he he read <laughs> one of those books. At, and that's the thing at about at least that. one book. At yeah. least Edward, one book. Edward, Edward if Snowden, you're an Ayn Rand um, fan, probably only one. But let's <laughs> think about Edward Snowden uh, in real life. Is just like a, was just a boring, fucking dumb tech libertarian asshole. Like that's all he was up until he did his shit. That we all yeah. Know I mean, they did they did a good job. Well, I won't get too ahead of it. But when uh, he first meets uh, Shailene Woodley, uh, he's a total fucking douchebag. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, two things I wanted to say about this Nick Cage scene here. First off, so uh, Forrester does not actually exist. He's supposed to be William Binney, right? Uh, that's that's like the general consensus. Uh, this that NSA guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. He like it, it seems like a pretty close one to one where this guy was like, yeah, I built the thing that uh, sort of gave him the idea for uh, whatever whatever the shield. Uh, the programs they all had those these insane names for the yeah programs like prism i can never remember x key yeah. score yeah. i was gonna say the one i always remember is x key score yeah mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah uh, it seemed like he was a pretty pretty one-to-one -one, uh binny transposition but also he says come to the right little whorehouse and i was i pointed and i was like oh my show <laughs> so yeah. there you go we listen gotta... to the best little horror house i was gonna say Philly. oliver stone by the way watched your show and he wanted to do a name drop in this movie yeah, yeah. he's a friend exactly. of the pod uh yep. by all accounts and uh <laughs> definitely add that to the the old twitter bio mm -hmm. yeah <laughs>
After that, we see in training that they're given a test to build a surveillance network in their hometown. And uh, Snowden completes this in one-fifth of the average time. Uh, I think they added, like, some of his skill as a programmer as, like, a, um, you know, just to beef up the movie and make it more exciting. Because I think even in Snowden's book, he talks about how he wasn't, like, particularly especially skilled. And he was really surprised at all the access he was given (laughs) constantly. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And uh, also he... um he did mention that uh, while this um, movie is an accurate depiction uh, in most parts, um, that all the like the areas that he was programming are not uh, were not nearly as glamorous uh, as they seemed, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in in his come up in this movie. Yeah, uh, so he's being trained by a guy named uh, Corbin something uh, O'Brien. I, oh, O'Brien, yeah. Is it Jeremy Corbyn? Jeremy Corbyn was not involved in the essay. He, uh, Jeremy Corbyn was actually a special op uh, by the CIA to infiltrate the left. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. Jeremy Corbyn was a new psyop. <laughs> yeah. Red Kahina told me about that. Wow. No. You heard it here first. But no, uh, so yeah, that's uh, Snowden's instructor who will come up quite a bit. Chicken Corbyn movie, Blue? Things go on. He's good. Yeah. He's, I, he, I think he does a really good job. Yeah, he yeah. is He is a good uh, good character in this one. In this, in this, in this, uh, this flick mm-hmm. that we we mm-hmm. watched, <laughs> uh, this Nick flick. <laughs> hey, that's what we should have named this podcast. Nick flicks. <laughs> the fuck. Well, also, <laughs> where, were, I mean, where were you? Cage fights objectively better. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Well, also, Nickelodeon's was was movies okay. as well. So I mean, yeah, just, just the fact well. that if you look up Cage Fight podcast on Google, literally, this is the first one that comes up. Should tell you that. Yeah, because I I just up. Google it constantly. Whenever I'm not doing anything, I just Google it. Yeah, Mike is working on that SEO. Hell yeah. But yeah, uh, so after that, Cage goes on a date with uh, Lindsay Mills, who will basically go on to be his wife uh, as things go on. And uh, she's pretty left-leaning. She's attending, like, a, an anti-Iraq war protest and signs, like, a petition. Yeah, very like very that. mid-2000s Daily Show lib type girl. <laughs> Those girls usually yeah. put out the best, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he's like, uh, uh, even though your freaking kiss tastes like liberal, I'll fucking smash, bro. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he's- <laughs> Ed- Edward Snowden, like, I don't understand what this fucking woman sees in this guy. He is an insufferable prick throughout yeah. the vast majority of this movie to her. He is such a piece of shit to her. Yeah, the whole the whole thing where she's like, uh, I'll win you over with my kisses, basically. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. how about uh, maybe... Find someone else. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't would. Know. How, how about you find someone with but... a more fully formed personality and is more open with their emotions? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really, I understand that the romance plot line like has to be there because they needed someone to like bounce his paranoia off of. But I re- like, oh man, I just didn't really like. That was that was the weakest link for me. Is no, this romance I, plot line? The romance I, was. I guarantee yeah, you, Edward yeah. Snowden. Even though I don't know his personal romantic life, I bet you, he, I bet you, he was less of a piece of shit to Lindsay Mills in real life. Oh yeah, I don't. I think they really played that up because, or um, I mean, maybe he was trying to hide his earlier conservatism, but he says that most of his like uh, at that time when he signed up, he was just kind of a uh, having lived in Northern Virginia, where basically everyone works for the government, and seeing. Um, uh, 9-11, he'd kind of, uh, you know, it flared up his patriotism a bit and he wanted to serve his country somehow, but I don't know if he was going around saying, like, you know, like, yeah, oh, like, your, t- your kiss tastes like liberal. Yeah, doing like some uh, dumb Fox news. He, he did yeah. say, uh, though, he is on the record as saying uh, that he hates the lamestream media, so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. 
He had, a, yeah, he had exactly. a pretty, some pretty good hot takes about uh, <laughs> feminazis, too. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I hadn't and heard also that. the war on Christmas a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he hates that uh, men don't get maternity leave uh, or uh, as much as they should. Uh, yeah. So that's a big thing for well, him. So, I mean, men getting maternity leave, I mean, you know, I didn't know Fox News was such a big fan of men being able to transition. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cum makes babies, and they know that. Oh, and yeah. They love it. They love cum. But uh, so the next scene, Snowden is meeting with Cage again, and he kind of describes for him a program that he wrote for the NSA, but uh, how it didn't get used, but they replaced it with a program based off of it, only it removed all filters from the data that it collected and just intercepts all data. Um, and that that cost like $4 billion or something like that to develop. And uh, this is the first uh, Snowden is hearing about it. I hope you enjoy that scene with Cage because that's the last you're going to see him for pretty much the entire runtime of the movie. He comes <laughs> yeah. back with uh, one little thing at the end. But yeah, that's that's the extent of uh, Nicolas Cage in this movie. So uh, then in the next scene, we kind of learn just briefly a little bit about like programs like X-Keyscore, PRISM, and uh, other CIA, NSA programs. Uh, like Particularly X-Keyscore is the one they go into, which is a search engine that basically allows them to search... Any data that is transmitted wirelessly or through the internet, uh, just using a couple keywords to find things. And um, during his assignment for the CIA in Geneva, he and his superiors used some of this data uh, gathered through these means against the uh, family of a Saudi financier to influence him into getting drunk and driving so that they can use the DUI as leverage into forcing him to work with them as an informant. Um, Tim Oliphant, killing it. Oh, yeah. He's a great scumbag. Yeah, he did play a really good scumbag in this movie. I'll say was, that. Wasn't I he in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds? I believe he, he was in something that uh, we were just talking about, but I don't he was. Recall. Yeah, he was in something that we just watched, but I am... Drawing a blank. Uh, no, yeah, it is gone in 60 seconds. He's one of the cops. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the cop with the other guy. Yeah, that's, those are the two things he plays, are scumbags. And yeah, scumbags. he's a really good some scumbag. Might say, <laughs> yeah, some might say one and the same. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. he's a freaking handsome scumbag, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Hey, Deadwood, that's a great fucking show. I, I need to need to watch that. I, I still have not made the made the journey. Yeah, I haven't watched that either. Seeing the intelligence agencies use data like this that they collected in bulk against people that are only like marginally related to anything that's going on begins to get him, uh, give him some doubts about how ethical his actions are. And that night when he's sleeping with uh, his girlfriend there, he stares at the webcam and realizes that anyone in U.S. intelligence could potentially be watching him right now because they can even activate webcams Which, which that's the thing. As somebody who has fucked on cam before, (laughs) just enjoy it. Like, what's the fucking problem? That is actually the only way he can get off now uh, is if somebody in some remote country is watching him. (laughs) I mean, if if every time I had sex, somebody in, like, I don't know, fucking, uh, uh, you know, Bangladesh was watching me fuck and was jacking off to it, I'd be more than okay with that. That'd be cool. I mean, it would, I would be more cool with it if they like left a tip. Um, yeah. yeah. Why don't but, you start an OnlyFans, Taylor? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Chatterbait. That's how you do it. Oh, okay. I'm into it. But yeah, uh, pretty Big soon. After- yeah, set some tokens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty soon after this, he resigns from the CIA and uh, discusses it in a, a scene with uh, Lindsay. I, I keep forgetting the actress's name. Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley, yes. Uh, shampoo out of leaves. That I think is pretty well done. It shows like his paranoia and hints at 
he kind of hints at like you know what intelligence is capable of or u.s intelligence and that he's seeing that but without saying anything out directly and you know kind of just turns it into a typical relationship argument <laughs> type thing but yeah. um i don't know i thought that was fairly well written at least but um back in the present which is 2013 in hong kong uh in a very uh, Oliver Stone, he's seen. Uh, Snowden talks about how the U.S. planted devices in the power grids of every, virtually every other nation in the world and spied on world industry leaders in an attempt to give the U.S. leverage in negotiations. And then says, like, he realized none of this was about fighting terrorism. It's all about uh, social control over uh, the whole people of the world, which um, pretty direct on the nose with the message there, but I guess kind of, you know, what are you going to do with a, a movie like this if not have a pretty direct message? Yeah. Unless, um, For sure. It's hard not to. This is, yeah, I don't think this movie really would uh, lend itself well to, like, hyper metaphors. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like no. it does I also, I did bust up laughing at Zach Quinto saying, no games or we're gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once again, talk about uh, King of Kong. He's not a big fan of any game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good scene, though. I like this scene a lot. I think that these scenes are... Um, it's interesting that b- even though they are so confined in those rooms, uh, I think that those are some of the more intense scenes um, just because the like energy in the room is so electric. And I think they do a really good job of communicating that. Yeah. I think yeah. This is yeah, all the, a good uh, example of it. It's a room chock full of amazing performers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a uh, those scenes are really good and really tense. And you can the uh, energy is like palpable on there. And um, I do like the the scene where they're they're arguing. I think it happens at the same time where they're talking to another reporter from The Guardian and saying, like, uh, you need to release this as soon as possible to get it out on, like, the 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock news because uh, we're all sitting here, like, freaked out. The CIA could come into our room at any moment and, like, you know, disappear us and get rid of the information. And that being out there is all that's all that's going to keep us safe. I don't know. It's, right. it's interesting and cool shit to see. But yeah. Yeah. I agree. After that, we see that uh, Snowden had an NSA assignment in Japan and that he uh, his paranoia there is starting to cause some huge problems in his marriage. Um, so he resigns from the NSA and begins to do work for private companies that are contracted with the CIA and NSA. That's a big thing that uh, Edward Snowden gets into in the book that I kind of wish was more in this movie was just how much private companies are actually involved in the intelligence agency. Oh, just in, like, a- in regards to like all branches of oh, yeah. the of the military yeah, you could watch watch war dogs to learn more about that <laughs> <laughs> this really should have been a three-way matchup yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we could make a three-way three later on if you know what i mean oh we will on uh-huh. on cam so well that's excluding at least one person yeah just make sure your webcam <laughs> is a duct taped up we can make it a three-way later. <laughs> it'll be like a tag team match yeah yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> so snowden kind of uh discusses <laughs> wait who who's talking what don't worry dave i'll fuck you whenever i've said this um but he discusses kind of his doubts with his old instructor uh corbin who he has pretty frequent uh meetings with throughout this movie um who tells him that they need to keep absolute security over it because the modern battlefield is everywhere um and we kind of learn there that not even congress knows about any of these intelligence programs which is true and um during that, he ends up getting offered a job with the NSA in Hawaii and uh, discusses it with Lindsay, who 
is unsure if they're gonna, you know, um, move out there, but they eventually decide to do it to help with his stress because he's suddenly um, having epileptic seizures. They look fun. Oh yeah, they look really fun. You get to go down, and, like it's like a big stretch. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's it's kind of like permit tripping. I feel like you're just like cooking in your kitchen, and the next thing you know, you're wiggling on the floor. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't I can't even joke about it. I like I was uh, I saw someone have a seizure in front of me, scared the shit out of me. It's, so. It is horrifying. Yeah, it's real bad. So if hey, I get it, man. Move to Hawaii if you can. <laughs> yeah. Um. While in Hawaii at his new job, Snowden directs the creation of a new database that would compile all the information from all U.S. intelligence agencies. He's calling it Heartbeat. This uh, this NSA station is secretly stocked with superstars of the future, like Lakeith Stanfield and Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I was really surprised to see Lakeith Stanfield in uh in this movie. I had no idea. And fly as hell. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> look real good. Yeah, they're uh, they're both fun. Yeah, that that guy uh, from he's in the invitation and uh, and upgrade, and I he's like he in this he has like a big mustache and shit, and I was like, is that him? And I just pulled it up there. Uh, he's like at the very very bottom of the call sheet as like male yeah. drone pilot. I was like, oh shit, this is really at the beginning for him. Mm-hmm. During his time there in Hawaii, he's having more and more discussions with his coworkers about how things are kind of. Uh, you know, it seems like the NSA is kind of overstepping its bounds and intercepting too much data from U.S. citizens without a warrant. And um, he eventually kind of in the middle of a party gets triggered with another epileptic seizure. Which, which by the way, that party, I love that there's a drone overhead. Yeah. When they're talking about doing like mm. like drone strikes earlier using the information that basically Edward Snowden and his team are supplying. Mm-hmm. That, that whole yeah. drone. When I saw the drone, I just fucking died laughing. I thought yeah. that was so funny. And then also, um, I love the part where uh, um, Edward Snowden knows sign language and he's talking to that guy in sign language. Oh, yeah. You know who taught him sign language? Nick Cage, he learned it for this role. So <laughs> yeah. Nick Cage, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, learned <laughs> sign language um, so that uh, he could learn sign language. Also, in the IMDb trivia, it said that Shailene Woodley learned pole dancing for this movie, and I'm pretty sure she learned it from none other than the Cage Meister himself. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about pole dancing <laughs> is a language in itself. So Nick Cage, is like, listen, I'm gonna learn how to do this. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's signing uh, while well, reading he's on body pole. language. <laughs> So yeah, um, after his seizure, uh, he I think he goes in for like a performance review or something, you know, like something to check in on him, uh, because obviously there's work-related stress like uh, triggering these things, and he meets in like a super like big brothery thing. It's like almost like straight out of like 1984. I yeah, feel like, that's, where he's just that scene fucked me screen. up. I'm like, did that scene actually happen in real life? <laughs> like, yeah. if that's true, man, like the CIA really needs to bring down. It's like chaotic evil level shit going on like seriously yeah i thought it was interesting that a couple times you've seen their reactions have been so over the top at the very very beginning when he's um like pulling up to the compound to uh to like meet for the interview and they're like he's at the checkpoint they are acting like he's attacking them the entire time like the guy's hand is on is on his gun and they're like checking their like st- like put your hands through the wheel on the hood of your car like it's crazy and there's like this culture of fear that happened after 9-11 uh, that let this sort of thing rise where people were able to take advantage of that fear um and really kind of turn the knob up to 11 
and uh, it's it's made explicitly clear not only through dialogue but just through stuff like that and seeing the way that um, the people around him act. I thought it was really well done with that. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, they do that earlier too in the movie with uh, dialogue when during his training scene when his instructor Corbin says like. Um, you know, like, uh, my generation let 9-11 happen, and uh, your generation can't do that again. Like, all of the American people are counting on you, and, like, everyone here feels like they have this huge duty to protect everything uh, very intensely because of uh, fears that spawn from that. And those are mm-hmm. things that were certainly taken advantage of to create the you know surveillance what? system. His generation allowed the Boston Marathon bombing to happen, which, as we all know, is as bad as 9-11. Oh, yeah. Just Even worse, and, uh, because... Uh, Made made Boston even shittier. Well, that's the thing is that I you don't know, know you know who was at the march who was the most horrified by it was Marky Mark. Yeah, I mean, uh, he actually said uh, if he was if he was a little bit closer to the action of the Boston Marathon bombing that he would have uh, you know he would have taken things into his own hands. Yeah, he said that he would have he said he would have blinded that guy. Yeah, yeah, you know that's the thing he was he was he was uh, running in the Boston Marathon. Uh, he was actually in the front of the line. T- he was looking specifically for middle aged Vietnamese men <laughs> yeah. to, to say hi yeah. to. Him. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, he, he should be stationed at most events, uh, just for safety. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen, I don't know what those Charlies might be up to in the future. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, during that scene I was talking about where Corbin is on the huge screen there, uh, basically he discusses how things have been going for him and like says like, did you access a program that you didn't have permission to? And Snowden said like, yes, I did that back in Geneva to look up in on Lindsay. I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. And then basically he says to Snowden like, oh, I assure you, she's not sleeping with her photographer friend. And this like triggers the fuck out of Snowden's paranoia because he realizes now that he and his uh, girlfriend are both being looked into directly by people in the cia honestly and so so that scene i wasn't entirely creepy. sure it's a was creepy it scene. was mm-hmm. i think that was supposed to be more metaphorical than literal like i think it was supposed to be like more oh, vision. i don't think i don't agree i don't agree i think that he was saying like we're watching you like watch your step well i think it's like the idea of like metaphor like it might have been like a maybe a vision or a dream or something because like the idea of this giant screen looking at you and telling you to your face that you're being watched just I know the CIA is evil. I don't know if they're that comic book level evil, even in a movie that's dramatizing. Know. I think you might be surprised. Yep, <laughs> yeah, might be I don't surprised. know. <laughs> and, um, Cobra Commander might come on the screen next and be like, "Yeah, you're being yeah. watched." That would have been cool. In yeah. all honesty, I do think that would have C- been cool. The CIA has probably done worse things than most comic book villains, but this, I mean, um, the CIA are literal comic book villains. So you know what? Maybe it was literal. I'm not entirely but, sure. Though. Yeah, I think I think it was probably. I mean, obviously, I don't think that necessarily happened in reality with that giant screen there but uh it was kind of a visual metaphor for the movie i think that's, to, that's kind know, of like what i was going how for, imposing yeah. like all of this intelligence stuff mm. is over you know everyday aspects of life i thought guys, it was uh, well done yeah you guys remember when the cia uh switched bodies with spider-man oh um, yeah and then uh, yeah continued to be spider-man for a while mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah i remember that I very remember vividly that. Yeah. But yeah, so basically after this, Snowden goes home and tells Lindsay that he knows she's being monitored. He gives her an encrypted email account to message him and says he is going to go on a business trip. And he tells her she should go back to Maryland. They do this outside, away from the presence of any sort of technology that could be picking up on them and things like that. And I will say probably the the best reason to ever go from a basically amazing house in Hawaii all the way back to shitty ass Maryland. Mm hmm. Yeah, probably the only reason you'd want to do that. Yeah. It's like, listen, I have to come back here to save my life. That's the only reason I'm going back to fucking like Prince George County or wherever the fuck. 
So um, he goes back to work and begins transferring data to an SD card, uh, starts taking files. And uh, I will say, like, uh, they do this in the movie in one scene and it takes like 15 minutes. In real life, this took place over the course of like months because of just the sheer amount of files that, yeah. that Snowden yeah. transferred. And, and also, by the um, way, I don't think all that would fit on a micro SD card in like 2011, 2012. Oh, no. Yeah, he <laughs> he did this like with tons of micro SD cards and apparently in uh, real life would hide them in various ways, like in a Rubik's Cube, like he ends up hiding it in the movie. And other times he would have them in his mouth under his tongue to get through the oh scanner and shit God. like that. That's yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, that, and I, I, feel, I felt bad that he made that security guy an unwilling accomplice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, well, it's uh, like he did not consent to that role play of trying to take down the U.S. government. He should not have included him <laughs> yeah, in this case. Seriously, uh, he makes up for um, it by giving him a hot tip on how to solve the cube, though. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's does. true. That's very true. I also I did think that that scene was really uh, good. Not uh, not only the scene where he's transferring it and Lakeith Stanfield comes in and and helps him out, but just both. Of, I think both of them were shot like action scenes in a way that really works. That, yeah. that makes them feel very active. It's yeah, pretty yeah. rare that you can build so much tension out of a file transfer, which is yeah. usually an incredibly <laughs> boring thing. But um, well, I actually I have to disagree with that. My favorite genre of all time is people looking at files. <laughs> <laughs> it is fascinating. I love anybody typing uh, command prompts into anything in in movies. Yeah, that is, oh, I yeah. got a lot of good stuff in here. I, I will definitely say though, it it probably was good just for the 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 purpose of time not to show him doing that for months. But I oh, yeah. I do wish they would have right. tried like a week or something, okay. like just one mm-hmm. one fifteen minute session of him downloading files on a micro SD card really does not. Like show the magnitude That's of true, shit but then, that Edward Snowden had. That kind of uh, eliminates the tension of the security scene, though. If, well, uh, I mean, if, it, if, it it can, if but it's it not can just also, get it out once. Well, this thing though, I feel like it can rise the tension if they did it multiple times because every single time he gets a little bit closer, and they might notice like, hmm, why is he always looking so weird when he leaves like on this very specific time? Mm. You know what I mean? Like they could have did it. Could be. Could it could have been like a rising yeah. suspicion instead of just like, well, oh, you're done. Cool. He's a he's an Oscar nominated or winning screenwriter. I'm sure he could have figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think but that yeah. would have been more tense if he had gotten like a month in, and then like on the last day, it's like, you know, there's something different about you today, or some shit like that. Your freaking Rubik's be, cube be. feels one <laughs> SD card lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, so then uh, we cut back to Hong Kong uh, in 2013, where we see that the stories have been released. It, it's getting reported on all over the national media. Uh, we see like Piers Morgan talking about it, and then we see uh, recreated interview uh, videos uh, with uh, JGL playing Edward Snowden of the stuff that was played on the the news back then. Uh, which those videos are still out there. You can always watch those. But, um, and in this, we get my favorite fucking scene of the film. Yeah. Where, say it, Jess. Yeah, we cut back to Nicolas Cage, who's sitting on, in like a recliner, drinking a beer, watching the news, and sees the Snowden interview, and he says, he did it. The kid did it. <laughs> like, uh, that was literally my favorite line in the entire movie. It yeah. was so good. <laughs> that honestly feels so fucking out of place, because I, like. It, I cried laughing when that scene happened. <laughs> Like, hey, remember, really? uh, Nicolas Cage was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, it did not need to be in there at all, but I'm so glad it was. Oh, yeah. And, 
Oh um, yeah. It really made this an actual Nicolas Cage movie we could talk about. My <laughs> <laughs> God, he fucking did it. I, I really wish he would have uh, kind of stretched that line out a little bit longer. It's like, my God, <laughs> that motherfucking goddamn bastard. He did it. Piece of shit motherfucking bastard did it. Little shit motherfucker did it. <laughs> to the um, point where you're not sure if it's going to be angry or happy. Yeah. Does he like <laughs> him? He should have done that uh, deadfall thing. was like, yeah, the motherfucker did it. Who sent you? And then he should have said like, fuck at the very end of that before the scene transition. <laughs> we'll be the fucking front. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so then after that, uh, Snowden is smuggled out of the hotel by a lawyer and uh, he hides with a family of refugees while he waits for a flight where he's going to fly to Ecuador by making a stop in Moscow first. But just like in real life, uh, when he gets to Moscow, the United States revokes his passport and he's not able to fly internationally anymore. And, and just like what happened to fucking uh, 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 w- WikiLeaks guy. What's his last name? Julian Assange. Assange. Yeah, Julian Assange, Assange, where he tried getting Ecuador, but he just ended up at the fucking embassy instead. So, yeah. So, yeah uh, uh, Edward Snowden's still there today. Yep, yeah. Still living in Moscow. And hey, at I least believe he's free. He's, he's unlike a, Julian Assange, yeah. who just got fucking finally kicked out of the embassy a little while ago. I think his uh, his yeah. wife moved out there and lives there with she him. She did. Now. She got married to him a couple of yep. years ago, and they lived together happily in the most beautiful city in the world, Moscow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it ends with an interview with uh, Snowden remotely from Moscow, like before a huge crowd of people. Yeah, talk- like TED Talk or some shit. Yeah, um, talking about the importance of privacy and the right to question the government and do things like that. And then uh, it starts with uh, JGL playing Snowden, but then cuts in there in the middle to the actual Edward Snowden playing part of the scene. Like this, uh, I don't think this is actual footage or from anything. Uh, no, this I think is- they recreated that for this It was movie. made, no, it, yeah, it was made for this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, kind of surprising that they got the real Edward Snowden in the movie. And it was a little weird that they cut to him, you know, mid-interview. They switched from Joseph Gordon-Levitt over to him. Yeah. I feel like they could have maybe done I the barely even thing. noticed. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's face it, they did it better than uh, Army of One did with Gary Faulkner. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, they did it way better than fucking But uh, Snowden's wife also makes a cameo um, when... Uh, Snowden and his wife first meet in the movie. Apparently, she's uh, oh, is she like an extra? Or an something? extra in the background. Oh there, shit, yeah. that's cool as hell. Because she didn't move to. Why wasn't that in your trivia? <laughs> it was, but I had a lot <laughs> more trivia than I bargained for. And she didn't actually move to Russia up until just a handful of years ago. So she was still living in America, probably when this movie was still shot. Yeah, so that would make sense why she was easy to get. Getting dicked down by other guys from geeksmeet.com hey, or whatever. Listen. Edward Snowden and her have o- have been our only partners. They've only I mean, been fans of each other. <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is, uh, freaking uh, Edward Snowden ain't the only thing that's leaking. <laughs> her fucking pussy. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, so it ends with a bunch of clips of actual clips of Edward Snowden, actual photos of him too. Like uh, they tried to recreate, I think, a lot of the photos in the movie. And yeah. Stuff. Uh, um, are, are, are you referring to like when he's uh, trying to be all incognito? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, walking out of the hotel, or oh yeah, oh no, I'm talking about the end credits and stuff. Oh. oh yeah, but yeah, yes, they did try to do that in the movie too. Some of those ones where he's incognito walking out of the hotel. Also, just ones from his life, like you know him yep. and Lindsay together and stuff like that. Um, and speaking uh, of these opening credits, I was losing my shit at this song. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the fucking Peter Gabriel song. Yeah, he wrote I know this shit. That was fucking yeah, wild. Yeah, that was some. Uh, 
Oscar bait, and it was terrible. <laughs> it was maybe one of the worst movie like Oscar bait songs I've heard in a very long time. <laughs> Uh, Peter Gabriel, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, bro. And I, you're better than that. I also loved all the, like the newsreel footage at the in the credits, and I also loved Hillary Clinton being up there. I'm like, talk about villains in fucking real life history. Hillary Clinton, <laughs> talk about yeah, Edward right. Snowden is a piece of shit. Should have been put in <laughs> fucking jail. But yeah, yeah. um, uh, was some of the stuff I really liked too was the way they juxtaposed. Like they would have a clip showing an interview of a person who worked in the NSA and CIA, like talking bad about Snowden saying he's a terrible person a traitor and needs to be taken to justice and then like they'd show immediately after that a real life photo of Edward Snowden with that guy like both you know arm on the shoulder and smiling because you know oh, they worked together yeah. for years I, and you know, speaking like of a uh, movie um, really predicting the 2016 election I also love the appearance of Donald Trump he's like you know we do have the death penalty mm-hmm. yeah he's like execution yeah. is an option <laughs> Uh, we we love the fact that reality is just always so good and not evil. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I fucking I'm My happier favorite. every day. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, overall thoughts on the movie, everybody? Um, I thought it was good. Um, I don't really think there were any bad performances. I will say I uh, the one maybe bad performance in the movie is the guy who plays Snowden's boss in Hawaii, that like asshole guy that he meets at the party. I hated that. I don't oh, think yeah. that guy did a good job. I don't think that was a Captain character. America. Yeah, that dickhead. I think his performance is not good. Thankfully, he was not a super major character. Um, I do frankly wish we was more Nick Cage in this movie. Uh, yeah, 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 good movie, um, not a Nick Cage movie. Which so. is probably one of the least relevant complaints anyone's ever had about this movie. <laughs> Outside of us, we're the only ones that care about that shit. Yeah. Um, and also, too, I really do wish, and I know they did it just for the sake, because, I mean, Edward Snowden is not, like, a super interesting person. Like, his personal story is not super interesting before his... NSA leaks, but I really do wish they had made his character far less fucking insufferable at the <laughs> beginning. Like, especially with how just neglectful he is over his fucking wife. Like, he neglects her so goddamn much in this movie. Yeah. He doesn't deserve her. Like, I. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shailene! <laughs> I know they probably played that up a lot for for dramatic tension and to kind but, of show know, a character let, change but it's, it is a little the, the trope in hollywood once again we talked about that in the army of one episode where the women just put up with so much neg- neglectful bullshit but they always come back to the guy because he's just so great yeah <laughs> oh yeah and it's like just guys can we just have a guy who maybe is a little fucked up but not outright neglectful please like for once in yeah, a movie, but there was one part where she's like, uh, "You just come home and play video games, and you never touch me." And I'm like, "What's the problem?" <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds <laughs> ideal, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I thought this was a good movie. Um, sometimes a little cheesy and how over- overt it is with its messaging, but overall, I do think it was a really good movie, and I'm, I, I am happy to see it. I wish there was more Nicolas Cage in this two-hour and 15-minutes movie, and, uh, where he probably had a total of pro- somewhere around four to five minutes of screen time. It was not much. I may, Five minutes might even be pushing it. He's barely in the goddamn movie. Mm-hmm. And I will say, too, I do really, I think there are a couple filler scenes in here, and I really wish they would have condensed it a little bit more. But yeah. the movie's still solid. Like, a movie instead of two hours and 15 was, like, just two hours, maybe an hour and 50 minutes. I think it would have been perfect. Yeah. And, I mean, especially a movie that uh, easily could have been, like, three hours long. Uh, but, thankfully, it was not. <laughs> yeah. um, Jesus. Could you imagine a three-hour fucking long movie about, like, hey, Edward Snowden went to school. and he was He's fucking, fucking typing. <laughs> Look at this kid. He's <laughs> typing over here. He's got a 45-word permit. Holy shit. <laughs> so fast. 
Um, uh, I thought it was pretty good. I think that it it's weird because I think that the documentary is better. I think that Citizen Four is a better movie, and I would agree with that. that. It sort of it sort of loses something by narrowing the scope to Edward Snowden. And a lot of the government surveillance stuff kind of falls to the wayside unless it's directly related to him because this is the his story. I think that it's still a fine biopic. I think it's pretty fun. I definitely agree that it could have used more Nick Cage. But overall, I think that um, it's it's an interesting watch, especially in tandem with the documentary. I, I honestly wish that Nick Cage had played Lindsay Mills' character instead. I think yeah, yeah, would have gotten way more. Would have gotten way more stage pro, like you know, a little press. smooch time in. That would have yeah. been great. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, come they on, have sex. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about. Yeah, I, mean, I need Nick to Cage see and, more Cage ass. I was gonna say, honestly. watching Zandali, we know Nick Cage <laughs> loves sex. Yeah, he loves <laughs> sex, and I'm sure he would love to have sex with Edward Snowden. <laughs> so. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought it was good. Is my final conclusion again? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Uh, uh, I thought it was pretty decent, and um, I'd like to take this time um, to award Oliver Stone um, with the monumental and inaugural Mike's Best Pick Good Movie Award. <laughs> um, oh, basically, wow. uh, it's the best pick for um, if you want to watch a good movie. Um, because that's what this movie is. So congratulations, Oliver Stone, for your best pick at a good movie. Is it different than a KG? Uh, very different, actually, yeah. But, uh, I, you know, Oliver Stone, um, contact me and I'll get you the uh, winnings for that. So. <laughs> the winnings is a 20% off coupon at Arby's. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you can't use the drive-through, so yeah. you're gonna have to wait on that one. And and eighty uh, percent uh, because twenty percent are missing them, so they don't have all of the meats in that discount. Yeah, and also eighty <laughs> percent of the coupon is burned off. So as long a as code it, for free shipping on Cage Fight merchandise. I mean, just like a dollar yeah. bill, as long as sixty percent of it is remaining, it is still a valid coupon. If we ever have Cage Fight merchandise, I feel like uh, we need. Um, just a big mold of his ass. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It says cage fight on and it. And the 2010s era ass, because I feel like that's, besides Zandali, that's w actually where we've seen it the most, weirdly. Well, and, and that's the thing, yeah. you know, there's, there's that chocolate Good luck company that, that mold. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a chocolate company that, like, molds chocolates out of, like, people's assholes. We should do that, but with <laughs> Cage's asshole. Dude, if we could get his asshole to guess. <laughs> if we get his, if we get his, his actual chocolate starfish. Yeah, if we no, could get... Truly talking out his ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, I would love that. Dave, you got a little, little plot summary for us there. Hey, bro, what's up, man? <laughs> I thought I'd never see you, man. <laughs> I know exactly. I thought. Okay, here it is. Hear me out. <laughs> I got this idea, and like, what it is, is that we like, go around the world, like, me and you, and we just, like, hack, like, everywhere we go, and like, we just like, pop out on the street and just hack, and like, we like, no, like, hear me out, like, me and you are like, really good hackers, right, we can hack the sack, like, all day long, and it's like, we're awesome, and we like, make money off of this or something like just like go on the street and just hack and like people would like see our amazing abilities and we just like get so much I cash man yeah, I, I hope but yeah <laughs>
Thanks, Dave. That yeah. was, perfect, uh, perfect summary. That was, yeah. That was Go around the world. Jurassic Park, right? That was, <laughs> that was something. Go around the world and hack. Pretty damn good summary of, of uh, the NSA. I mean, I, to be fair, I think that's probably the least representative summary Dave has ever had for the show. <laughs> it like had nothing to do. Like, do better, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, it was, I mean, I don't think I could do better. Yeah, I'm not I'm sure. I'm sure we are, we are pretty talentless hacks. I don't, I don't think we could do better. Well, speak for yourself. I'm, I guess Dave survives another week. Um, <laughs> and let's get, get to, to, let's get to them reviews. Oh. <laughs> he got fish shifted. Uh, yeah, I got a few reviews here for you fucking freaks. Um, I got a review that's titled Don't Waste Your Time. Um, oh. Uh, and the Amazon customer writes, uh, once again, Oliver Stone taking shots at the country that gives him his freedom. This quote unquote movie is nothing more than an attempt to elevate Trader Snowden to hero status. Do we think that person actually watched it? Hmm? There's no way they actually watched it, right? I, oh, yeah, probably not. They did not. Um, no, that was just like some like nationalist shit. I'd just be like, fucking America's great. Uh, right. I got one. Uh, he wouldn't at least have put quotes on it. It's definitely a movie. <laughs> it's certainly a movie. Yeah, like it's, it's objectively <laughs> something that was put to film and released theatrically. <laughs> Unfair to deny it that. With the MPA yeah, right? number at the end of it is objectively a movie. Um, I got I got another uh, one from Amazon customer. It might be the same guy. Uh, it's titled "Why Should I Care About This?" And they write, honestly, why should I? Please give us something better to watch. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Um, really very succinct. Us? You know, that I bet like his wife was like, hey, let's watch this movie. And he's like, I want something better to watch. Please, Rhonda. Uh, actually. Uh, Help me, Rhonda. <laughs> the next review is from Rhonda <laughs> Fetter. Um, and uh, she writes, don't have a clue how this got ordered. Um, verified <laughs> purchase. Uh, I don't know how this got ordered because this doesn't interest me, and I can't get an answer from anyone at Amazon about it. Um, and again, this that is, is like a verified when you find purchase. Porn. <laughs> verified. When you find porn on your bill, and uh, your husband's like, "Oh, I don't know how it got on there, honey." No, I didn't she watch like Snowden. Yeah, it's like house. okay. Yeah. So there's two things on my bill. There's the movie Snowden and Big Black Asses of Atlanta Three. I did not order Snowden. Okay, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, Maybe she saw this and became really paranoid that the NSA is watching her and is trying to just put it out there in the world that she didn't order this. Hey, uh, yeah, I didn't pay for this, so don't put me under investigation. Yeah. Um, and don't look at my Facebook, please. Uh, I got a review from Frequent Shopper titled, Arg! Um, and they said, I didn't order this movie. Someone hacked my account. Now, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to do a bit or a recurring theme. Yeah, I don't know if that's a bit or not. Like, hey, the, the NSA bought this movie for me to put me on a list. <laughs> wow. Um, actually, uh, I think the person who wrote this review is in the movie because uh, the, the reviewer is named Webb. Uh, and they wrote a review called Pure Hollywood. Uh, only Oliver Stone could make Snowden a hero. Never mind the many lost lives as a result of Snowden's actions. This is pure Hollywood in action. Uh, and it, I've I've heard that response from like you know neocon neolib shitheads. Who the fuck has died because like oh yeah America spies on its citizens? Who the fuck has died Literally because no one. of the that? The Security Council the the Security Council did a study and they found that they couldn't 
uh, realistically attribute any lost lives to uh, the leaks that he did. And yeah. I also I also realize, and I just noticed this. Like I feel like a lot of people also confuse Edward Snowden with Julian Assange. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I, I couldn't even. I like I bet you like the negative reviews. They they were probably thinking of fucking Julian Assange. Well, except for the guy who said you know the country that gives you your freedom. Like that guy was probably thinking of Edward Snowden. But like. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, it's, it is interesting because one of the things that we didn't really talk about, but I, I thought was an interesting distinction, was the way that um, where Assange just published everything, which is uh, ostensibly more dangerous than what Snowden did, which was he took it to trust where it what he felt were trustworthy journalists who would look through it and find the things that were in the public interest yes. to put out. Mm-hmm. And instead of just having every file and every operation open to the public, he he had people go through and specifically uh, present things, which I think is a really big difference, um, especially for all these people who are like, oh, yeah, like he's a traitor and, and so many people were endangered by this. It's like, I mean, realistically, no, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say, uh, going back to your point as well, like. I don't know. I don't agree with anyone who says that Julian is like what Julian Assange did was wrong. But like, if you're going to argue that anyone was quote unquote immoral, if you had to choose the two, it would definitely not be fucking Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. Like trying right. to, trying to uh, say that yeah, he was a dangerous shithead. Like, I don't you, you're just an idiot if you fucking think that. Right. I, yeah. I think morality aside for both of them, that it's just a question of like which put more people, quote unquote, at risk in terms of what this person is talking about. Um, there's no denying that Snowden took more precaution. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the blood on his hands is endless. Um, (laughs) got a review from a DPM family. Um, they, uh, write, these movies are designed to make you think it's possible to be a hero and to keep you trusting in the fake news. They want you to feel all warm and fuzzy, but the real truth will never be handed to you on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. Um, so some deep. That was written by anonymous. <laughs> some deep thoughts there. Oh, yeah, yeah, that 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 was a lot of words to say. Literally fucking nothing. You piece of shit. Like, <laughs> huh. uh, I got a review that says garbage. Snowden. Um, and then that's it. Uh, and then, <laughs> um, and then the last one I have is from Mad Hun, uh, who writes the new word that is could be called. Fake news. Um, it is pure Hollywood. Entertaining, but if you are looking for facts and the true, it is not the place <laughs> you will get it. Snowden was a brilliant programmer. Neither was he an analyst or a field <laughs> operative. Uh, I think they meant to say he was not a brilliant programmer, but they complimented him by accident. Um, <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. I put this movie as fictional and as entertaining as a vampire movie or James Bond. Unfortunately, the latter two did not cause any harm. Uh, I'll tell you, Vampire's Kiss is very fucking entertaining, okay? Uh, <laughs> first of all, let's not say vampires aren't causing any harm. Yeah, uh, especially they're, they're causing quite a bit of they're harm. They're causing That's quite like... a bit more harm than Edward Snowden, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think there's any question about that. James Bond... Um, I, I, he's I, part of the NSA. <laughs> well, I mean, that same yeah. type oh, of thing. He's I, part I, of MI6. MI6. Yeah, he's, he's part of MI5. Yeah, yeah he's MI6. Uh, but. And, uh, you know, he doesn't oh. have a great reputation uh, with women. So let's maybe <laughs> not paint him uh, as the shining example of what Edward Snowden could be. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, mostly um, everybody's mad about this movie. Yeah, it. 
that's kind of to be expected, uh, especially with. I mean, Oliver Stone makes a lot of very political movies. Yeah, like, yeah. I bet very, people are very sure. polarizing for certain yeah. audiences, and then mm-hmm. this is just another one in the long line of his movies that does that shit. Yeah, I hope that in the World Trade Center movie, um, he reveals that um, Yuri from Lord of War did in fact sell weapons to Bin Laden. <laughs> yeah, um, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, didn't didn't in Lord of War he mention that they? Did or didn't sell? He said he specifically did not sell weapons to Bin Laden because he was bouncing checks at the time. Mm. Um, Okay, so so he did not. Okay, so never mind. It would not be sued. He would not be. Yeah. So I hope uh, in World Trade Center we find out that he did. Oh, the the one check (laughs) that didn't bounce was the ones that were used to hijack the plane. (laughs) Yeah. So he actually. Uh, Yuri, uh, from Lord of War sold the box cutters that were used to hijack the plane <laughs> on 9-11. So, well, that, that's another thing that Yuri uh, oh, has in God. common with, uh, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit during the Roland music video. That's true. <laughs> Both intimately involved with 9-11. <laughs> we love 9-11 and Fred Durst on this podcast. Absolutely. Slap it high. Should we get to hey, a vote? you gotta have, you gotta have some things, you know? <laughs> and those are our things. Yeah, I think, uh. Yeah. I think we're about ready for a vote now. Uh, Dave, could you give us a little countdown? No. All right. Oh, yeah. Sick. Okay, um, so I'll do this here. Three, two, two one. Lord Lord. Stanley. Oh, wait. Hold on here. Wait. Oh, what did you vote for, George? I said Snowden. I said Snowden too. This is a tie. I said Lord of War. And we got Zandali up there as a, a fifth Zandali is the tiebreaker. <laughs> and and what did you say? Uh, I said Lord of War also because I think it is the better Cage movie. It is the better Cage movie. Um, and also, uh-huh. I'll be honest, it was a little bit shorter and it was just a little bit more entertaining for me. Yeah, and the um, sex was way sexier. I thought the subject matter of Snowden was more interesting to me. I And... I, um, I, I think that you're right about it being a better Nick Cage movie in Lord of War, but uh, I am choosing to <laughs> interpret it as a constitutional originalist. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, at least for me, I think that like international conflicts, uh, especially involving like, you know, illicit arms sales and like, you know, the, the way that the fucking military industrial complex uh, and private military contractors like just fucking love funneling money into these like conflicts so they can play both sides. I think that shit's way more fascinating than NSA surveillance, to be honest. Like NSA surve- surveillance is stuff that like, I mean, we all knew that shit was going on back in the early 2000s. Like, it's not super shocking. Whereas like I thought it was shocking. I mean, it is. <laughs> I mean, I think the extent you know of it was really like, shocking. I mean, like the fact that oh, I, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, like like the Simpsons was making reference to this shit back in like the mid two thousands. Well, people have been sakes. talking like, about government spying I, on people for like decades, but like the the revelations that happened here was that literally all data that was being transmitted over the internet was being taken by the NSA and stored, and they um. Well, that's the thing, though. Is that and I, with with the complicity of the corporations, and I mean, he talks a lot about how. Um, people were sort of like they had dulled themselves to it and that um, everyone makes jokes about being spied on online or being put on quote unquote the list. And in I think it was in the documentary, it might have been that or I also just watched an interview with him. So I'm getting them mixed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he basically said that, like, the fact that everyone makes jokes about it and expects that they're being watched online means that you can't fully pursue your intellectual freedom uh, because you have to change your behavior with the expectation of someone looking over your shoulder. 
and definitely. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that even though I knew that I was being sort of watched, I, it's still, I don't know. The like, like, uh, like Jess said, it's the scope of it is really. I don't know. It kind of I, blew my mind. I, I guess. I mean, just just in general, like I do remember back when the NSA leaked, and I I've been politically aware for like all of my entire life, basically. Like, even especially for like a ten year old, I was more aware of like a lot of like political fucking goings on than even most like guys, people in their like mid twenties and later are. But um, but I literally remember watching like the Simpsons movie back in two thousand eight, and they made jokes about like the same shit the NSA does. And was like found out in like 2012, 2013 or whenever the stone leaks happened. And I legit was like, wait, y'all didn't know this. Like, was this shocking to anybody? Like, and, and but that I, was and targeted no. surveillance. This is this is mass surveillance. Yeah. On and a being, bulk, being done on bulk collection, like yeah, bulk collection and being done on U.S. citizens constantly with a complete disregard for the Fourth Amendment. And I know the I actual, get off to it. That's the thing. <laughs> like, I'm fine with it. Um, but see, I, and, and that's the thing. So I should say as well, considering we do have a tie. Who is going to be our tiebreaker? I think Dave will, but he has to hear us plead our case. Yes. Is I that- l- let me plead my case here uh, because I will say that I think uh, Snowden is the better movie. It's a good, it's a very good movie. But when you uh, get right down to it, um, you know, he's a traitor and the blood on his hands <laughs> is uh, infinite. Um, and, and so I don't, I can't, I can't promote this. That's the thing. I, I vehemently disagree. I think actually Lord of War was the better movie. Hmm. Um, and I, I think that just wow. because I think it was, I think it was better paced. I think that, uh, the performances were better outside of the Joker, of course. And, Ooh. um, <laughs> that's I a also, spicy take on my part. Joke? I thought the acting was quite a bit better in Snowden. But I disagree. I think I, that, I agree, um, especially the pacing too. I thought the first half of, uh, of Lord of War was so frantic. It was frantic, but at, at the same time, like it was frantic to a point, whereas I think Snowden really did dwell way too long on certain segments of his life. And I was honestly kind of bored with, Snor- with Snowden a little bit. I really was. Whereas I was not bored for a second with Lord of War. I was entertained thoroughly every minute. Well, I guess, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I did like Lord of War quite a bit, and I was pretty disappointed that I was going to end up voting against it, I realized, <laughs> as things went on. Because, like, <laughs> at first I wasn't sure which one, but I realized, I don't know, I do a lot of... Looking into, and this is like straight up my alleyway. I mean, like I literally have this book sitting right here, and I just kind of want to talk about this because I've been wanting to. But um, I I think it's a a better paced movie than Lord of War was. The acting is really good. The casting is pretty spot on for a ton of it. The for casting sure. was, I would say, the casting was definitely better, and I do believe Fantastic. the casting was a little bit more real to life than Lord of War. I mean, because Lord of War is not really based on a specific person. It's based on a composite of a lot of different mm-hmm. people, whereas Snowden is, of course, based on fucking Edward Snowden. <laughs> so I feel like it was just a little bit better of a portrayal just by default. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, but it's, it's um, I don't know, it... it I do concede that it is not anywhere near as much of a cage movie as Lord of War was. All right, it's she almost, concedes. We've got to vote. <laughs> I, I do think that it's calling this a cage movie is a little dubious, but we've got Fast Times at Ridgemont High in the bracket, and I think that might advance. Uh, well, it's, <laughs> don't it's, spoil it, Jess. Uh, in our, that'll be up in, well, uh, in our next episode against Knowing. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, well, we also all agreed that Cage had the best line in Snowden. He did. That's. I mean, that's a good point. Well, it's Nick true. Cage also had the best line in Lord of War because he was the he main was character. The but, he, but he was the narrator. Yeah. You get you get plenty of him in it, and the fact that Nick Cage is able oh. to still shine so brightly in Snowden, I think, 
demonstrates just how much of a, a Nick Cage movie it is at its core. I know, but also despite him only appearing in a Nick few Nick Cage scenes. was the main character and the narrator. Like that makes him doubly amazing. And, well, and he I, was a I, great hey, look, narrator, I'm, even by narrator standards. All I can say is I'm not saying he doesn't do a good job, but I, I just think that the fact that he is able to still shine in Snowden despite his limited screen time makes that's that fair. Uh, just as good of a, a Cage movie. And also, there was way more TNA in Lord of War. <laughs> It's true. There was more. There was still a bit in Snowden, though. But there was I will say, more, there was. and I, it was longer in Snowden than it ever was in in uh, Lord of War. It's more erotic in Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I just Dave to you uh, in making this vote. Um, all I can say is that I implore you to stop. Hey, hey, what's that sound? <laughs> Everybody, look what's going down. So, yes. Dave, remember how polite I was to you at the beginning? <laughs> mm. oh, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so I was, I was going to say, Dave, are you ready to, are you ready to break the tie, Dave? <laughs> what do you say, Dave? I like that, you know, I, I really hate hearing uh, debates about inane things. So, and also it's 10,000 degrees in here. So, um, I really like that argument about how, uh, you know, there was one person in the podcast who was nice to me today. <laughs> I chose the right side. So? I don't know. What were the movies? <laughs> Snowden and Lord of War. What? <laughs> Say Snowden. <laughs> okay. You, just, you gave a summary of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, wait. Well, which, which summary? How about that? Why don't we split it like that? Let's get a vote on my summaries. I think the Lord of War summary was objectively better. Oh, yeah, for no, sure. No, definitely the hack one. The, I, well, that's just a running joke one. between me and Dave. But, um. I thought that was pretty hack uh, as well, Jess. So uh, I would I agree that. I love to hack the planet. I'll hack you like a sack. Uh, well, don't threaten me with a good time. So uh, we're literally divided <laughs> along the same lines for Dave's summary, too. I thought I heard you just say, George... Uh, Dave, uh, how about um, you just name uh, the first one that comes to mind? L listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this: if you if you choose Lord of War, we will hire you back on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if okay, hey, if I think Snowden I'm... if Snowden ends up being Dave's vote, Lords of Dogtown advances. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> okay. If Lord of War does not uh, does not pass, we will fire you again, Dave. So. Sorry, I wasn't... Dave, <laughs> I, I, I need an editor, man. <laughs> um, Dave's dying of heat stroke, so if you would just say one of the names of the movies, <laughs> I think we could all move on to it. I did, Zandaly. No, oh, it's not one of the it's, movies! You gotta Come pick on. Snowden or Lord of War, this is just, on you. Just, just put aside your love for sex just for one minute <laughs> to vote. Which one was the one about Snowden. the government? They're both Snowden. about the government. The Snowden is more Snowden. about the government. No, Zandali is about multiple governments, though. Zandali. <laughs> a Lord of War, I think you mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the Lord of War. Yeah, but he said the government. Mm -hmm. That's ours. But the one world government, that was definitely more Lord of War. Yeah, the New World Order is mm. definitely more present in the uh, Lord of War. <laughs> yeah. so. I don't know. Ooh, I think the New World Order. Know. There's a lot the of means, teamwork. Yeah. <laughs> the means through which they would achieve uh, the New World Order is set up in the government surveillance system that is the We're focus split of again. <laughs> This is the worst day of my life. This started out well, but it's You know what, that's the thing, George, if it wasn't for you, we would have been fucking done with this by now. You had to ruin it. So, like, Zandali hey. isn't going to help? 
No, Here's the thing, how about, considering he's so. a guest, can his vote count half as much as the host? <laughs> no, oh. everybody here well, is a full person and everyone work. gets a full <laughs> vote, baby. No, this is a, a, for, no one listens to my vote. I, well, you usually vote for Zandalian. It's yeah. not in the bracket. I care very deeply about your vote. We just tried. We just tried to get your vote. <laughs> Yeah, Dave. I and you know what? At the end of the day, Dave, uh, you're uh, you're a really okay. smart person. How, how about this? Um, how about this? If if we'll give it two more minutes, and if the cat doesn't shit in the next two minutes, God. Lord of War wins. No. Yo, okay, so here's how it goes. Um, Dave's gonna die. I don't. Uh, Lord of War sounds like a fucking movie I would never ever watch voluntarily. And let's be clear, I didn't watch either of these movies. <laughs> However, I do think Snowden is fascinating. Um, so, I mean, I kind of got to give it to that. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to shit all over me regardless. No. So pretty much fuck all, y'all. No. Victory Man. is sweet. Uh, Thank you, Dan. Uh, I guess Victory Snowden is wins. Sweet. I will say it feels a little wrong eliminating Lord of War, but I am happy to see Snowden advance because next time when I don't have to explain the plot summary, I can just geek out and talk about the things that were leaked. Yeah, for sure. Geek out about taking a leak instead. <laughs> Oh, okay. Right, listen to that shit. Well, I will as soon as we're movie. done with this podcast. So no, but uh, but in all honesty, even though uh, Lord of War did not win, I will say both these movies were really good. Um, I and agree. even though even though Lord of, War, Lord of War I, I liked more, I will say it was like Lord of War was like an eight out of ten, whereas Snowden was like a seven, seven point five. So I'm not like that. You know? mm. Yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, one of these movies we did say, oh yeah, uh, this documentary is better anyway. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's the thing uh, is that even though Lord there, of War, uh, there's no Lord of War documentary that you can just watch instead. So wait, you know, wait, wait, can, can I change my vote? Yes, yeah. you can. Oh, yes, absolutely. you can. Zandali. No, 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 no. The <laughs> votes are sealed. <laughs> All right, Zandali oh, wins. By the way, uh, Lord of Zandali. If we count the amount of times Dave has voted Zandali just in this episode, I think that uh, Zandali would for sure win. <laughs> Could you imagine Ava being we, played by Zandali? What if you just advance Citizen Four instead? Yeah, <laughs> we'll just move Citizen Four. Honestly, up. next next episode, uh, if if we wanted to do Snowden plus Citizen Four, so we could talk more about the stuff in the documentary too. That'd be cool. I'm down. Yeah, I'm, Yo, I'm how about with... this? Hear me out on this. Right, well, ready. nobody fucking hears me out on anything, but here <laughs> we go. Um, so, you know how we were talking about having a loser's bracket where all the shitty movies go at, go head to head, and uh, then one of the shitty movies is the winner of that for fucking moral, like, moral victory's sake or whatever? Yeah, double elimination, yeah. Why don't we take uh, the other fucking movie that I don't care about in this one um, and give it a leg up, like let it start in the second round instead of the first round since it was so contentious here okay. i'd be down for that shit yeah and um yeah and i think as long as we just uh never talk about captain corelli's mandolin again uh we'll be <laughs> yeah i'm good on that do, one so um, could you imagine us doing a double elimination and just talking about all the movies that were the bad ones of uh, the two in the, in the first part of the tournament <laughs> i'm sorry does anybody remember pay the ghost <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. I do kind of vaguely. I know there that, was a kid and he went missing, and then Nicolas Cage was like, "Fuck!" And Brian was Singer was well, not involved in the kid's disappearance. He might have. Now, been. I didn't actually even sit through the entirety of Zandali. I saw some tits and kind of rolled. Um, but like, um, yeah, yeah. The one it was against. Sneak off after that. Left behind. Do you guys remember that one? Oh yeah, one of my favorite Christian propaganda films. Uh the the best <laughs> Slipknot song off of Iowa. That was one Agreed. of the worst movies. Maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. 
Well, it's uh, certainly up there. I will reluctantly say that Snowden has advanced in the bracket. Uh, Sadly, uh, but yes. Congratulations. In the next round, it'll be going against Raising Arizona for the oh. previous episode. So. Raising Arizona Snowden? <laughs> I mean, uh, talk about Raising Whitney, Wisconsin, if you know. Yeah. Um, and if uh, if you haven't looked up Whitney, Wisconsin since our last episode, go do that now. Yeah, talk, talk to Dave. Uh, he knows all about her. Yeah, he loves to fuck pretty much anything. Um, and so that's my plug. Uh, it's Whitney, Wisconsin. Uh, George, um, thanks for being on the pod. You were fantastic. Also, thanks for ruining oh, the vote, you motherfucker. George, <laughs> yeah, George, hey, you're truly officially my, my new favorite that. member of the... Co- the co- I'm sorry, I'm having a fucking... Stro- it is literally fucking 2,000 degrees in here. I gotta get out of this room. Yeah, I'm maybe sorry. if you would have picked the thanks, fucking George. movie 10 minutes ago, Dick. You know what? <laughs> I'm not the one who talked about this shit for three hours. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh... Thanks for thanks George for being on the pod. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. You were a great guest. Yeah, th- oh, th- thanks pleasure. for the memories. Yeah, yeah uh, everyone, please go check out uh, best, best little whorehouse in Philly. <laughs> is uh, out there. It's available and it's great, and you should listen to it. And uh, can't talk about Alien on it because I already did it, bitch. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious. Um, is it always sunny at the little whorehouse in Philly? Oh, come on. <laughs> um, you know, most days, most days, but unfortunately there is a copyright on it, so legally I'm not allowed to say it. Okay, fair enough. Totally fair. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. It, it's, But yeah, it's a fun show. Mike's on it. it. It's great. It's on all major podcast platforms. You can also go to littlehorrorphl.com, um, and you can find pretty much everything there. Also, I'm on Twitter at littlehorrorphl.com, or not .com, just littlehorrorphl. So, Heck yeah. There's my plugs. Oh yeah, dude! Awesome. Check out the pod. Um, it's a good one. It's better than this one. So, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> wow! I love this show. Wow. I, I genuinely listen to the show. I love it a lot. Awesome. We so appreciate it, it. Yeah, thank you very much. For but in all honesty, you were fantastic on the show. Your input was fucking very appreciated. Oh yeah, you might even replace well, me on this podcast pleasure. someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever try well, out an engineering here. job up for grabs. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can ask Mike. I got my eye on another episode or two, so oh, hopefully yeah. you'll uh, be seeing me again. <laughs> I, George will be back, so awesome. uh, yeah. like it or lump it, uh, go fuck yourself. Um, George, well, no, Argo, fuck yourself. Argo, fuck yourself. Argo, yeah, fuck yourself. Um, yeah. yeah, anything else? No, I think that's all. Uh, so thanks, everyone, uh, and see you all next time. Oh, shit. The next movies we're talking about are Fast Times at Ridgemont High and And Knowing. Knowing. The returning champ. Returning Returning champ Knowing and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. First time on the show, correct? Yep. Yeah. And his first time on the big screen, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Be a good one. Excited. Check those out and uh, have a good one. Bye bye. Bye. This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, Solid work. Hey, solid solid work. work.